It's Pinball Expo Month. Queen Pinball revealed at last. James Bond 007 also revealed at last. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine. And I'm joined by... I'm Martin Ayer, and I'm the editor of Pinball News. And Jonathan and I are here to look back at all the excitement that took place in the month of October 2022 in the wonderful world of pinball. And, as we often say, it was a very busy month, but it certainly was this month, wasn't it, Jonathan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a Pinball Expo month, uh, for those that don't know. Pinball Expo is the, uh, the longest-running uh, annual pinball event held in uh, Chicago, the heart of uh, pinball, uh, uh, the center of the pinball world, so to speak, as uh, most of the manufacturers are located uh, in the Chicago area. And, um, well, uh, let, let's start off with Pinball Expo. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. This was the, uh, the 38th edition. And um, uh, the second year that the show was held at the uh, Renaissance uh, hotel and convention center in Schaumburg, Illinois. Um, for both of us, it was the first time for uh, attending uh, the show at that new location. We've been at uh, previous shows in, uh, uh, well, the past couple of years it was in uh, Wheeling, Illinois. Um, yep. and you've been also at the Ramada and, and other uh, locations where it was held. But uh, for both of us, the Renaissance Hotel and Convention Center was a new location. Um, let me ask you, what do you think of it? How are your uh, findings? Okay, well, firstly, I think the show itself was absolutely wonderful. I think um, look, we weren't there last year, but we did get a lot of feedback. And I think people were a little disappointed with the new location and the way the show was laid out in uh, 2021. And I think those uh, comments have been taken to heart and addressed by uh, show organisers, uh, of course, led by uh, Rob Burke and, and family and, uh, and David Fix, too. Right. Um, but um, for us, this is, uh, our, as you said, it's our first time seeing the, the new location. The hotel was a nice enough hotel. Uh, one of the comments that's been, that was banded around last year and which still holds true this year, I think, is that it's quite it's in uh, quite an isolated location. You know, um, there is nothing else other than the hotel within the grounds or nearby. Whereas, you know, we were when we were at the uh, the West Inn in Wheeling, we were quite spoiled by the fact you could just uh, walk out the front of the hotel and there'd be a, an array of various eateries. There'd yeah. be like a subway. There'd yeah. be a Dunkin' Donuts. There'd be bars. And there'd be a nice winery place. Yeah, all of which you could enjoy if you didn't want to eat in the hotel. And all of well, not all of which, but some of which stayed open until quite late at night. Right. Um, uh, remarkably, the hotel bar already closed at 11. It did, yes. Yeah, so uh, while there was quite a party going on uh, around the fire pit in the center <laughs> lobby, so to speak, which uh, could be heard up until the uh, seventh floor, I think, um, uh, people had to bring their own drinks. Yes, that's uh, something which... Uh I've read comments about before and um, and hope wouldn't be the case, but it certainly was. And um, it's, it's a real shame that even while the show was still going on, in some cases the show on Saturday night didn't finish until 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. And, but as you say, the bar was closed at 11 o'clock and people were sitting around making their own entertainment and uh, making it quite noisily as well, which uh, I apologise for my part in that. But anybody yeah. who was disturbed... 
everybody could hear, hear you singing and uh, well it wasn't just me um <laughs> it was uh but it was a good time yeah, but um that aside i think the hotels up was a very good standard uh, the rooms were okay the yeah. facilities were good it was it was quite a long walk from the hotel um rooms themselves over to the convention center yeah so it wasn't that easy if you sort of bought something in the sh in the show itself or needed to get something from a room to go from one to the other it was uh, probably going to be like a 10 minute journey in each direction but um it was it was very clean it was uh, the, the facilities apart from the uh, the bar were uh, were good i think yeah and um i don't think we have any any particular complaints about um, no. about anything in, in that other than you know things you can't do anything about the fact that there is there is nothing else in the in the area. The, the nearest alternative um, eatery, I think, was it was signposted outside, so it was 0.8 miles away from the right. very front. But they do run a, a shuttle service uh, or a bus which um, can take you to places in the vicinity if you've got the time to do that. Yeah, it's made yeah, it a bit, but bit difficult for us. It's probably going to cost you $20 to tip the driver. Oh, well, that's true. Probably going to get an Uber. Yeah, um, so. But, but it uh, yeah, we did miss that the, you know, when we'd finished doing uh, our work at the show um, around about 11 o'clock at night to take all the equipment back to the hotel. Everything come back was down. closed. Yeah, everything was closed. Yeah, um, so I, I did I did walk up to, um, I think, the nearest uh, um, restaurant, if you want to call it oh, that, uh, um, was a, um, uh, a Wendy's, um, which... Uh, well, if you're if you don't mind walking, was it within walking distance? <laughs> yeah. um, there was another. There was a bar that had a kitchen, but I walked in there and uh, uh, there was a stage with a stripper pole, and, and <laughs> I was like, okay, this is probably not the place where I want to eat. So uh, no, waiting uh, for you to perform, must it? Yeah, well, I had a night off, so I, I okay. You know, fair enough. You're on, you're on vacation. Yeah. So, uh, no, so I went uh, with the Wendy's, but I was by foot and only the drive-through uh, window was open. <laughs> so I, went, I walked up there and tried to and order stuff. So uh, and then I was lucky that they had some seats outside because indoors was already closed. So, but yeah. uh, oh well, it's. Um, I mean, can't, you can't, can't blame Expo for that. No, exactly. I, I have yeah, to say, uh, in my um, uh, humble opinion, I think the the hotel has a sort of um, what I would probably call a Texas pinball vibe uh, around it, uh, in the sense that um, uh, if you're uh, uh, there, there's um, uh, rooms going up, and I think up to the seventh floor, you can walk down or you can look down into the lobby and so on. And after yeah. that, it's uh, it's covered, which is sort of similar to uh, the hotel at uh, Texas Pinball Festival, um, which That's is true. also has a convention center basically inside next door, so to speak, whatever you want to call it. So. Yeah, it's kind of attached <laughs> to it, isn't it? Um, but, but yeah, it does have that sort of atrium where you can where all the rooms are in a, on the four sides of it. Yes. And, and you look down and uh, and see and hear people. Right. Um, so, um, uh, what I also uh, liked very much uh, and also very Texas-like is that uh, in in the main uh, hall or the show floor, if you want to call it that, uh, vendors, manufacturers, and uh, free games are all mixed up together. 
Yes, that's something which has changed from last year, where I understand the free free game, uh, free play games were in a separate room. Yes, which so, I think uh, people didn't like so much. No, so so basically, you have the free play games and the vendors uh, uh, combined, which basically uh, more traffic for uh, vendors, and uh, I found it very uh, very pleasant, so to speak. The only complaint that I heard uh, from from several people is that they didn't like. That the entire show was on a concrete floor with no carpeting. Yes, wearing on the feet, I think, was the uh, was the comment. Uh, which, uh, well, I can't really comment on that because I wasn't in the hall for long enough to find out. But I can understand if you're wandering around all day, that could well be the case. You'd need to wear some uh, some appropriate footwear. Yeah, well, Stern were smart and they red carpeted their entire stand. So, first of all, it was easy to recognize that you were in the Stern booth. And second, it was easier on the feet. Yeah, so uh, a big encouragement to, to hang around their machines. Yeah. But, uh, but I agree, it was it was nice to be able to just uh, browse the vendor stand and then if you just uh, fancied having a, a few games of pinball, just go and, go and play some and then carry on, um, just pick up where you left off. Right. It seemed like a, a nice way of doing it. And also, it's, it's a more intelligent use of the space that they have. They have a big, a large area. It's It takes up two of the three halls of the convention centre, the, the third one on uh, on this occasion was being used for a home and garden show, but uh, was the other side of a, of a, uh, a removable wall. Yeah, so, that, was a, that was a very nice show uh, as well, by the way. I can highly recommend it to anybody if you're done with pinball, uh, uh, see that show as well. Yeah, that was free entry as well, wasn't it, into yeah, that show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I picked up some really nice uh, uh, items for my garden. So, uh, yeah, I was lucky to, to take them home with me. Good. Oh, well, I'm, I'll uh, try and, uh, if it's on at the same time next year, we'll uh, make a concerted effort to go in. Although, uh, there was a certain lack of a lack of time to do anything much, um, for, I found, personally. But, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, that, uh, that's probably because you were so uh, busy recording all the seminars for which I applaud you. Oh, well, and, with uh, your assistance, thank you very much. Yeah, well, uh, I tried to, uh, to, to get you to enjoy the show, but you just wouldn't leave me. <laughs> Well, that's the problem. If you want to, you want to be able to write a report about the show you, and the seminars. You kind of have to listen to them and find out what people were saying, um, rather than wait until uh, till it's all over and then go back and watch the videos. But if you weren't able, and there's still a blatant plug, then if you weren't able to uh, to visit the show or indeed watch all the seminars, then you can uh, you can catch all twenty five point seven hours of seminars. Oh my on, God. Uh, yeah, I counted them all on the uh, on the Pinball News uh, website, which uh, in the in the Pinball Expo 2022 report, or on the uh, the YouTube channel, and there are links between the two in, yeah. uh, in various places. I'll be linking to uh, both the report and the YouTube channel uh, in the Pinball Magazine newsletter, which will go out. Uh couple of days after this recording so excellent and uh, i know people certainly appreciate reading that too yeah and uh, speaking of which uh, i also um uh linked to them in the uh, uh, my reports on the uh, pinball magazine website which i'm still uh finishing up uh the pinball expo report is there but 
basically flicking a few paragraphs, I suppose, but most of it is there. Um, and uh, I'm doing separate articles on the uh, factory tours that we uh, did. Although we'll come to that a little yeah, later. Yeah, but yeah. So those yeah. are separate uh, articles which I will link to in my report as well. But uh, you'll find everything on the uh, pinball-magazine.com website. So if you go there, uh, you'll be redirected uh, to, uh, to all of those. I am there right now. Okay, very good. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can see your your factory report. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I put yeah. the uh, so well. Uh, we'll get to that. But we had a factory yes. tour at Jersey Jack Pinball uh, ahead of Pinball Expo, and uh, we followed that with the factory tour at American Pinball, which uh, yeah. uh, which I still have to put up. And uh, this time I went with a, um, sort of a photo. Uh, gallery type of report with captions explaining what you see in the photos. So yep. that, that, that was the easiest way for me to uh, get it out of my system and move on to <laughs> other things I also yep. have to do. So. Get it on the website, that's the important thing. Um, um, I'm just finishing up my one of my factory reports, uh, the American Pinball one, which um, I just needed to uh, to confirm with the uh, with the company that uh, none of the pictures I, I took showed anything which they didn't want to see. So uh, that's all confirmed. And uh, then, yes, I'll go back and do the, the Jersey Jack Pinball um, factory tour as well. But uh, I should also mention that, uh, thanks to you, um, it, you went on the factory tour, which um, which uh, was part of Pinball Expo, right? which, which was a, a very nice bonus. Um, for those who haven't been to Pinball Expo before, it has up until now been been common for the show to include a tour of the Stern Pinball Factory. Right. But uh, this year, it was uh, it was sw- swapped over to uh, to doing a uh, a Jersey Jack Pinball Factory tour. Yeah, and um, we'll probably get to Stern Pinball uh, later on. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, Stern Pinball did a virtual uh, factory tour during their seminar. Uh, where Jack Danger uh, walked everybody through the factory. And if you've seen that video, you probably understand why Stern didn't want to do a uh, in, uh, in-person yeah, factory yeah. tour, because uh, basically the factory, uh, they have parts laying everywhere. And yeah. it's not a stab at Stern, but, but basically that factory is so packed with uh, stuff um, if you compare the uh, the Stern factory with the uh, the Jersey Jack Pinball factory tour, um, I think the, the the biggest difference is, or everybody will notice how clean and tight the Jersey Jack Pinball factory looks compared to the Stern one. Yeah, so, absolutely, and the American Pinball one as well. Um, yeah, is something I noted um, when when we. Uh, when I would ask what was there, it was in the old location in Streamwood, and um, they were. That was before they were actually just sort of uh, taken fully under the wing of, of Aimtron. I don't want to get too much onto the American Pinball stuff just yet, but um, but Aimtron is, uh, is, a, is a printed circuit board uh, contract manufacturer, and, and they have absolutely spotless facilities because they showed us around them, and. Um, that seems to be a sort of uh, a principle which has now been applied to American Pinball, uh, with, with whom they, they share the building, I have to say. So uh, the American Pinball floor looked um, absolutely spotless. Yeah. So uh, aside from the many play fields that were 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there was no, there was no, there was no dust or dirt or, uh, no, or no, rubbish or litter no. or anything on the floor. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, we'll come back to that a bit later because we're still on the pinball expo part. Yeah. Um, mm. So we covered so, the seminars, uh, which were uh, interesting. No big announcements, I would say. There were a couple of announcements, but I wouldn't say mm-hmm. they were really big news. No, there were no, certainly no shocks, no reveals of games that we we thought might appear there. Uh, oh, well, in, in, in speaking of that, one of the games that was uh, expected to to show or pop up at the show was uh, um, the uh, long-time rumored Pulp Fiction game. Um, From Chicago Game. Well, uh, we're still not clear whether that is a Chicago gaming game or a Raw Thrills game or a Play Mechanic Mechanics one. The design right. is rumored to be by uh, Mark Ritchie. Mm-hmm. was also not spotted at the show. Um, and I did text him a couple of days before the show. And uh, basically he, tell, he told me he wasn't feeling too well. Um, so... Um, Hopefully he will feel better uh, soon. Uh, but it's a pity that uh, um, apparently what 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 I heard is that game is already done and ready to go for five years, and it's still not <laughs> not not in production for some reason. So um, if we have more news on that in the future, of course we will let you know. Um, People were expecting the game to uh, to make its um, debut at the show, but that wasn't the case. No, indeed. So uh, yes, one of the things that wasn't wasn't um, revealed there, but um, there was there was plenty still to see, and uh, we will come on to some of those things as we look. Or I guess we should probably move on to what each of the manufacturers have been doing in the past month, right? And include the Pinball Expo. Uh, that their pinball racks were present or or not as part of that. So, uh, so let's start with, with what Stern Pinball were doing because, uh, as you already said, they, they had a, a large carpeted stand yes. at Pinball Expo with uh, multiple uh, models of their uh, their James Bond 007 machines. Yeah, uh, pro and premium. Pro and premium. No LE or oh, the Super LE the 60th anniversary one. Yeah. Um, that has, still hasn't been officially revealed yet, oh. and um, well, it was still running quite early code on or software on those uh, James Bond machines, wasn't it? I think yes. it was. I think it was. Um, I, I played it actually uh, on the Wednesday before the show opened. Yes, yeah, that's right. Which, uh, probably the best time to play games anyway uh, for us reporters, because during the show we hardly play any pinball. Um, code zero point five four. Uh, I, I saw at the at the screen. Um, if you want my personal opinion on the game, I found it a bit clunky. And if I have to compare it to Queen, to which we will get later on, uh, although a lot of people apparently are negative about the Queen game, I thought it had a lot more flow to it than James Bond did. Okay, um, I. I I kind of, um, I kind of disagree with that. I think I'd have to say, um, I think that the James Bond game does have a lot of flow, but um, that big, um, that drop target bank and the and the the uh, the rocket that um, that's behind it, that kind of kills everything that, that goes up to it. So that's a kind of 
it, it takes the flow out of it in a way, and, and you do need to shoot those those drop targets. But I also think that shooting them can be a useful way of setting up the upper flipper shot as well. So it looks like you're, you're bricking shots, and, and sometimes the, even on the, the, le- the upper left orbit shot, that can, that can rattle and, and stop the ball if you don't get it shot cleanly. But again, it, dest- it kills the ball and uh, it just rolls down very slightly onto the upper flipper, which yeah. sets it up for a, the inner orbit or the side loop or the side ramp shot. So I found it played quite well, but once you get into the flow of it, initially it seemed a little, I would agree, from the start it seemed a bit clunky, but once you get going and get the ball moving around, I thought it flowed very nicely. Yeah, uh, it could also have to do with the alignment of the flippers. Uh, I think I played three different James Bond games and I noticed that the angle of the flippers on each one was slightly different, so that doesn't help, of course. That's true, yes. Um, what, what, if you go from machine to machine, then you have to readjust Yes. And uh, which uh, can is right starting off again. So, But so, um, no, the, 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 the most clunky area I would say was the uh, um, the two ramps on the on the right side in the middle of the playfield. Um, I just found it impossible to make those shots. I was only shooting posts. Well, I, uh, let me say that I, I found that uh, the game I, I played. Uh, I only played one game. I played the premium on the stand. And they played very differently to the one I've been playing in London previously. Okay. When I, when I played it in London, the, the right ramp shot was was a given. You know, it was almost impossible to miss it. But the one that was on the uh, the uh, stern stand, I found a lot harder. And in fact, I hardly shot that right ramp at all. It was uh, quite a difficult shot. So I don't know whether that's just differences in the way in which the, the game was set up or whether they made any adjustments to, to the way that uh, that ramp is built, or the entrance to it, or maybe the posts on, on the entrance are moved. Yeah, so um, one of the things uh, uh, which I find rather uh, key, I would say, um, at Pinball Expo, the display on the uh, James Bond pinball machines explicitly said that uh, all movie clips were awaiting license or approval, mm. uh, which, is very, uh, which is a very clever way of... of uh, uh, indicating that it's not final code and, uh, uh, and and so on. But it could also mean that any clips shown at Pinball Expo might be taken out because the licensor wouldn't, uh, won't approve of them. Yeah, that was um, that message has been on every machine I've seen so far of theirs. It was, it was on the, the early code that was at the, the Christie's auction preview. It was in, also on the, on the code which they use for the um, for the BFI film festival thing. So when I when I recorded the, the longer video, so that's something which is consistent. And well, I guess it's a it's a little disappointing that, uh, that at this stage they still haven't got approval on, on which clips they can use and which ones they can't. You think that would uh, that would yeah. have been sorted out by now? Yeah. So um, I mean, uh, we know that uh, Steve Ritchie started the design that was trashed, and then uh, when when Steve left mm-hmm. Stern, and then George Gomez took over. But you'd think that by then, licensor approval for you, you'd know which clips you would like to use. I assume. Uh, yeah, I wonder whether it's it's changed because obviously now we're looking more at individual movies for each of the different versions. So we've got Doctor No and You Only Live Twice, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Goldfinger, is it? Um, is it oh, Thunderball. Uh, Thunderball, yes, you're right. Yeah, for the LE. Um, maybe originally they were trying to get all 
the, the movies together as a, as, a, you know, as a complete package in the way that they've done for the 60th anniversary one. But that didn't prove possible. Or they, they couldn't get the assets they needed. So they've gone for a... They've applied that to a much simpler game where they don't need so many assets, perhaps. Uh, the one that Keith Elwin is designing. And they themed each of the other machines around single movies, which they would then require a renegotiation of, of the license to get, to get the assets they need for, for each of those. Yeah. So I'm not sure it's uh, doing three movies is probably going to be quite a difficult um, licensing um, juggling act, I think, yeah. to, get, to make sure you get everything you need. So it's understandable that it's, it's more, compli- more complicated, but I thought they would have sorted that out by now. But the, the version that we were playing, 0.54, I think, certainly had more clips and sound clips, or more movie clips and sound clips than the version that I'd seen before. But I don't think the rules had moved on very much at all. Um, there was hardly anything else in the game. It just seemed to still be the um, the uh, bird one and the jetpack multiball, and that seemed to be about it. And I think there was, I think there was maybe a second Q's um, Mo Q de- uh, Q department yeah. mode in it, but there was, that's all. Uh, there was very little else in it, and everything else looked exactly the same. So it hadn't moved on a lot. Yeah. So I did hear an interesting rumor though about the James Bond game. Oh. And, um, yeah, apparently... Not, not that we do rumors. No, well, around. we don't yeah. do rumors. But no. So, um, the rumor that I heard is that uh, the only reason that Stern decided to do a James Bond pinball machine was because Jersey Jack was in talks mm. uh, with uh, the, the licensing company to see whether uh, they could do a James Bond type of theme. Um, they turned it down and Stern then picked it up. So, uh, I'm not sure whether this was a, a sort of Godzilla type of uh, scenario that we've seen before, mm-hmm. uh, where Stern basically went after a license after another company already was discussing or negotiating it. But, um, yeah, uh, I found it interesting uh, that Jersey Jack turned it down, and uh, I'm sure they had their reasons for it, uh, if, if true. Uh, after all, it's just a rumor, so... Uh, Mm. Take it with a grain of salt, but um, I found it uh, well interesting enough to uh, to mention it. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought James Bond would have been a good good theme for any manufacturer to to use if they can get the assets. Well, uh, which I, I is would. which is what something we know has has been a problem in the past. Yes. So, uh, although you know okay. they, they did do a GoldenEye uh, Sega anyway, uh, oh, yeah, did a GoldenEye game. God, Gottlieb did one with Roger Moore on it, or a Roger Moore lookalike. Ah, yes. Mm. But that was back in the day, and not their best game, I suppose. Yeah, it didn't require a huge amount of video uh, assets to go into it. Yeah. No. Anyway, okay. so yeah. just before Expo, Jack Danger streamed uh, the official uh, gameplay um, of James Bond with an interview uh, of uh, with George Gomez as well. Um, uh, we were trying to to actually be present at that uh, uh, recording um, mm. but we were told that first of all we were not uh, supposed to come to the CERN factory and second it was in a private setting and it turned out that it was shot at uh, uh, Jack Danger's studio which we could have attended probably if we would have known but we didn't so uh, and instead we had a lot of fun at uh, Mark Seiden's house but uh, that's another story for later yes. on mm. So. Yes, but um, yeah, they they did say that uh, they were that no visitors 
were, would be permitted to come to the factory during uh, Pinball Expo week because of fear of uh, spreading COVID. Yeah, which is, uh, uh, on one hand, I can understand. Then again, at Jersey Jack, nobody, were, uh, okay, factory line workers did wear uh, face masks, but other than that, I don't think most of the people were concerned with uh, any of that. Um, and, uh, well, getting oh. such, uh, uh, a such comment from Stern from, uh, okay, sorry, we can't have you come over. And then a Spanish delegation of 20 people shows up at the factory, get the tour, take pictures, post them all over Facebook. That's yeah. not exactly... May not uh, be entirely accurate what they were saying. Then. Yeah, so... Um, no, I guess... Uh, my, my guess is that uh, um, there were probably... Uh, as indicated earlier, first of all, the factory is uh, is packed with boxes with parts everywhere, and uh, chances are you might come across something that we're not supposed to see yet. Mm. Yes, so, right. so, so I get, I get, I get it, I get it. But yes. then just say like, we can't let you guys come over because, or you have to sign an NDA or whatever. That's fine, but you know, all right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, so, some some interesting news that did come out of uh, Pinball Expo uh, and the and the uh, the seminar which uh, which which uh, Stern Pinball held there, yes. where, as you said, talking uh, doing a, a factory tour, a virtual factory tour with Jack Danger, moving around the uh, the factory with uh, various degrees of success because the signal kept breaking up and keep keep either the video would become very blocky or it would freeze or drop out occasionally yeah, as well. So. You, you almost kind of wonder why I didn't just pre-record the whole thing and just just play it because there was hardly any interaction back to, back and forth between um, Jack it would have and improved the the quality well, exactly. a lot, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, because but, but, it was it was hosted by uh, Gary Stern and Seth Davis who were uh, in in the seminar hall and they just were watching the uh, Jack's tour on the big screen. Yeah, and uh, so, but okay, so the big news we were getting at this was probably the last factory tour that Jack Danger streamed. Um, in the current facility, as Stern uh, intend to be moving to a new location next year. Yes, we have and talked about this before and, and suggested that uh, that they might have to move, and yes. uh, and Gary Stern apparently confirmed that. Yes, uh, I talked to Gary uh, at some point uh, privately, and he basically told me uh, they are moving to uh, two new locations five blocks away. One will be a uh, woodworking facility, which. Well, they already have a woodworking mm-hmm. facility, and they are print, already printing their own playfields, and then send them off to uh, to get them clear coated and uh, and what have you uh, uh, somewhere else. Um, that will be in uh, one of the buildings, and the other building will be twice the capacity they have right now, uh, and that will uh, host uh, the 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 main. Manufacturing, manufacturing uh, yes. Yeah, the lines, so, right. So, yeah, so they really um, keep all the all the woodwork, dust, and uh, and mess away from the, uh, from the from the production line. So yes, yes, very clever to do that. And um, uh, similar to the uh, uh, the move to the current uh, Elk Grove Village uh, location, Ray Tanzer, mm. uh, who was inducted in the uh, into the Pinball Expo Hall of Fame. Uh, also during Pinball Expo, uh, will be coordinating uh, this move again. And uh, if you recall from a couple of years ago, when Stern moved to uh, uh, this, this Elk Grove Village location from Melrose, um, I think Ray um, uh, orchestrated everything and had basically, they were cranking out new games within a week. 
So yeah. that. Yeah, I think you think uh, Gary was saying that uh, basically they, they closed the factory down on Friday, and uh, um, and by Monday morning everything had been moved and was and they were they were getting ready to start production again, yeah. and uh, and did did so during that that or a couple of days after um, the Monday. So yeah, by the middle of the week on, on, they were making games. Yeah, Tuesdays they were making already making sub assemblies, and uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, the games were rolling. Uh, complete games were rolling mm. online. So, yeah. So, so uh, well. So that's that's um, a project for uh, Ray Tenzer uh, to sink his teeth in. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think. Um, and uh, there's no ex- exact date announced yet when this move will be happening. They're still uh, looking at, at at various scenarios. I think. Uh, but Stern will be moving. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, Stern obviously had a big presence, not just on the floor of Pinball Expo, with all their uh, their numerous machines, and uh, I didn't count them all, but they certainly had uh, several dozen, I'd say, of uh, mixed machines. James Bond, Godzilla were the, were the key were the key ones that they were showing there. But they also had a, a big block of uh, seminars as well, as uh, as they normally do, and they had their own autograph session as well in yes. the room right next door, where where Stern uh, designers and artists were there, and uh, and management to to uh, to sign various uh, items that you wanted to bring to them, or, or just just go and uh, and and talk to the uh, the people concerned. But um, one of the one of the sessions which they had in the in the seminar room was uh, concerned with uh, Insider Connected, of course, which yes. uh, they, are, they are pushing very heavily at the moment, yeah. understandably. Well, yes and no, but okay, we'll get to that maybe. <laughs> well, um, so they, they made um, a few announcements there about uh, new features which they're adding to, ins- or have added to Insider Connected. Yes. And uh, so, starting with uh, with with the James Bond game, um, if you log into your Insider Connect account, you will be able to discover local uh, launch parties for uh, James Bond. And um, by scanning and playing in any of those uh, connected machines at the launch parties, you'll be able to get woohoo a special digital launch party badge on your profile. If that's not exciting enough, yeah. Not yeah. worth anything, and you can't exchange them or anything. But uh, no, well. no, it's. Uh, but you know, some people get very excited about about. You know, it's almost like Pokemon, isn't it? You got to try and catch them all. Yeah. So if you can get uh, get that badge, and it will also um, be able to point you at uh, locations in your area where these launch parties will be. So you can uh, you'll be able to pick and choose operators who use the uh, professional version of Insider Connected were, can register their locations and um, and those locations will be showcased on both the player homepage and in the location directory so and you'll be able to have a high score leaderboard generated just for those launch parties as well which is uh, a new feature right and I think there's also a new uh, uh, tech feature for operators yes. where, where the game will basically alert them if there's a malfunction of any sort or for or something needs to be adjusted, or what have you. That's right. Yeah, it um, give you the tech tech alerts onto your uh, your account onto your onto your screen, and also give you um, information about various events that happen with the game, such as like anybody opening the coin door. You can see when that happened and uh, how long it was open for, that kind of thing. So, all that's being being rolled out as part of the the, the 
pro version of Insider Connected, which of course is is not free. You have to subscribe to that and register your location and machines in order to do that. So yeah. So um, other uh, well, sort of big stern news uh, that, <laughs> that came out during uh, or just ahead of uh, Pinball Expo yes. was the. Uh, uh, reveal of the topper for the Mandalorian, and uh, it's a very nice looking topper which includes um, a uh, holographic uh, display. A so called holographic yeah. display. Yeah. Well, people, uh, so when I first I, I saw a video of it, and I think I, I figured it looked really cool, and then I saw it in real life up close, and it turns out that the hologram is actually a transparent 2D display uh, so it's not a 3d hologram but mm-hmm. it's 2d and um, okay it, it gives the impression of uh, from a distance that it is a hologram but it's not yeah so, it's more like uh, a sort of like a, a head-up display isn't yes. it really? yeah and uh, it creates a little bit of depth because it's centered in the in the or it's in the center of the uh, topper and there's still a background behind it so yeah. there is that 3d type of illusion but it's still just a 2D image which is uh, uh, being displayed Um, uh, that wasn't the only mind blowing thing about that topper as there was also the price which is 2000 American dollars Yes, so was that um, that was one of the uh, one of the things which, which caused concern, I think, about the release of this Mandalorian topper was uh, was the price. Uh, the other thing was the fact that it it opens up some some new modes for gameplay, which are only available with the topper. Yes, so you get the topper, and that unlocks a, a topper multi ball, and also uh, insider connected topper awards, I think. So, yeah, um, we've seen this before, I think. Where uh, was it? Jurassic Park was that? Was that the one where you could spell out Jurassic it, on the yeah, on the topper and, so. and get another yes. mode? Yes, yeah. I think so. Yes, so uh, I think that that just sort of was feeding more into the idea that that you will we may have to pay in order to access additional features for your game in the future. Yeah. Is that the direction Stern is going in? And uh, and that's that's a question I put to Seth Davis during the seminar, which you uh, you might hear if you, if you watch the uh, the video. And he certainly didn't uh, rule that out and said, you know, if they can if they can come up with uh, with additional features beyond what was originally intended that add value to the game, they think it's quite reasonable to to charge for those. So then the question is, well, what is the what is a fully finished game, and what are additional features? Right. So, well, I suppose the definition will change uh, a couple of times in the future, um, you know, depending on uh, how much money is involved. Yes, I suppose um, the thing to do would be to get to a point and say, okay, this is the finished game. Okay, from now on, anything else. Uh, will just be bug fixed. Anything else given for free will be bug fixes, and um, any features we add up above and beyond that will be able, will be downloadable um, as additional content, which you may have to pay for. Right. So then people can make their mind up about whether that game is you know is worth their money, or uh, or whether it's 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 you know quite lacking and uh, and still have uh, it's kind of like kind of like what they did with the um, the pro premium and LE model. You know, yeah. used to used to have the one model, and now you get the 
the base model and then if you want the extra features which would have been included some of which would have been included in, uh, in the standard edition before that then you have to move up and pay a higher price and get the premium or the limited edition version yeah. So they're going to try and do the same thing with the software, by sounds of it. Which yeah. is uh, not a surprise, really. That's uh, a, certainly a, a way to generate a revenue stream from, from the software rather than giving it all away. Right. Yeah. So, um, oh, well, so so that's one uh, area where Stern is uh, developing. I can't help, uh, uh, since we were speaking on the, uh, the Insider Connected um, uh, uh, seminar. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I hope to to be able to ask George Gomez in the uh, in the future. Um, uh, it was it's not that long ago uh, that George was heavily um, uh, explaining to to well as reporters, but everybody in the pinball world that uh, uh, the the game is on the playfield, and uh, Stern was. Um, one of the last, if not the last manufacturer to move to an LCD display because yes. it, it takes uh, a lot more content to fill that display and it, uh, that, that, that requires a lot more people yeah. to make sure... A lot more cost and a yeah. lot more licensing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so he was rather reluctant, I would say, uh, to, to, to move to a, uh, an LCD because the game was being played on the playfield and now we have George preaching inside the connected like there is a new religion out there. And um, I'm still thinking the game is being played on the playfield. What changed his, um, well, opinion or, or uh, point of view, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to, to get an answer on that uh, at some point in the future. Uh, but I found it quite remarkable. So. Well, that was you. I don't know if you remember back in the days of um, games like uh, Transformers, another uh, George game, right. and um, that that game and the, the playfield and the apron and the back glass, and, yeah, and plastered with QR codes, left, right, and centre to scan here, go to this website, read read all about it. You no, know, really immersive information about that particular game. Uh, and that all died out very, very quickly. And um, and then, of course, QR code to come back again um, as part of the entirely connected system. Mm-hmm. But um, the the uh, the thing which which worries me about this is that if you go if you go and scan those QR codes on Transformers now, it'll go to try and take you to TransformersPinball.com, I think is the website, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. So all all those QR codes are totally redundant. You know, they're plastered all over your game, but they don't lead anywhere. Yeah. So that's um, is 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 entirely connected. If it doesn't generate enough revenue, is that going to be phased out as well? And all these all these readers that you've got on your machines will also no longer uh, function. Yeah. So um, what I did find interesting, speaking of of uh, pinball expo, there also was the uh, the Scorbit seminar where they made a comparison between Scorbit and uh, uh, Stern Pinball, where they basically stated that uh, Stern uh, or Insider Connectors is supporting 18 games <laughs> at the moment, and they are uh, like 400-something uh, games. Um, I'm just wondering how long it will take before any of the other uh, 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 manufacturers will basically accept Insider Connectors 
uh, 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 accounts as well and, and and integrate them with Scorbit or in uh, or, or basically hack the uh, the whole insider connected. Uh, well, well it, it was interesting that uh, something I wasn't aware of because I don't, wasn't and been following the Scorbit uh, story too much was that um, the the team from Scorbit said that up until I think they said August of this year, their system worked perfectly well on uh, on Stern games with Insider Connected, but then Stern released a software update which basically killed Scorbit and doesn't allow it to run on their machines anymore. Right. So, I mean, you have to bear in mind that Insider Connect is a, is a huge data grab from both the operators and the players as to oh, what, yeah. what you're doing and what they're doing. And they're, that's, that's the value to Stern, I think, from offering it as a free service. They get all this data about what people are doing, how they're playing the games, how the operators are operating them, where they are. Um, and they get all that stuff that they could never have got before. You know, it's almost like pulling games out on test and standing there with a clipboard noting how long people are playing for, what they're, what they're hitting, what they're not hitting. So they're getting all the audits in, and a whole bunch more. So I don't think any other manufacturer is going to want to be, uh, be giving that information to Stern. You know, are JJP going to say, well, this, uh, okay, we're going to link in our uh, Toy Story game to Insider Connect, so now Stern knows exactly how that game is playing, what, what people are doing on it. I, I wouldn't have thought that would happen. Um, no. Scorbit seems to be the more open well, it is the more open platform, uh, and entirely connected is a, is a very much a, a closed box um, for use by Stern. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but apparently, uh, well, uh, data is uh, well. I, I, it might sound a little bit harsh, but uh, it's the new religion at Stern. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it's, it's giving them insight into uh, how people play and operate games that they. Uh, they never had before, you know. It was, and, and also, you know, it, it, we, we've seen this before when um, I'm trying to remember exactly which game it was that, uh, that they had out on location um, in in London. Um, but it was a game which was on an arcade and wasn't meant to be turned on, uh, wasn't meant to be playable by anybody. But the but the operator did turn it on, and it then connected to Insider Connect. And uh, next minute, Stern are ringing up the operator saying this game shouldn't be turned on. What? Why? Why is it on? Because yeah. they know <laughs> they're keeping an eye yeah. on it. They're keeping an eye on it. Wasn't that rush? Um, yeah, probably was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. It was there for uh, EAG. Yeah, that's right. So, oh well. So, um, oh well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Other, so other, other stern news. Uh, they did release a uh, making of video of the uh, Jurassic Park Home Edition. Uh, which I will link to in the uh, Pimmel Magazine newsletter that will go out in a couple of days. Um, besides James Bond, which uh, I assume was on the line, or at least for a part of uh, the month, they were also building the last run of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Godzilla Premium. Uh, not saying it's the last run of Godzilla Premiums, are we? No, 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 no. no but uh, the, the last run of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so. and for now, at least. Yeah, or they have to renew the license, but it's yeah. uh, announced as the, the final run. But we've, again, we've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, let's wrap up the, um, the Stern 
pinball um, update for October with some new code information. Where is my pillow? Uh, okay, you, you want to get your earplugs, really, uh, for this. And, uh, well, there are only three games, Godzilla, Rush, and oh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Godzilla has um, probably the most interesting one of the three, because it's um, when you start Godzilla Multiball, which is probably the, the main multiball got from shooting the, uh, the building over and over, um, you can now choose which music track to listen to during it. Uh, you can pick from seven different tracks, of which five are new tracks that haven't been used before. So five whole new music tracks added to Godzilla. Ooh. So uh, I guess uh, I guess they're from uh, from Jerry Thompson. So uh, look forward to listening to those. And um, other than that, I suppose there have been um, quite a lot of changes to the uh, the information shown to the player, both on the play field and on the display. Quite a few scoring rebalances and, and changes, and a whole bunch more callouts added to Godzilla. So uh, a big update version 1.01 so if you haven't if you've got that game and haven't installed it yet it certainly sounds like it's something that's worthwhile doing rush also version 1.01 much uh, much smaller update for this there's a few bug fixes uh, a few rule changes and a new ramp warrior high score entry for uh, whoever hits the most ramps during a game and um Finally, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1.54. Yeah, but that only had a very few minor tweaks to the game, uh, the game's behaviour, and a couple of bug fixes. So uh, we won't say any more about that, and that's the code. Right, okay. So Time to wake up. Yeah, so, okay, that rounds it up for uh, Stern Pinball. And, um, well, uh, without further ado, let's uh, move across the street to uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. Yes, well, we... Uh, had previously been speculating whether Pat Lawler was uh, was in retirement or was taking uh, a break from pinball or exactly what the situation was. But the news is that uh, Pat has actually officially retired. Yeah, although he he did show up at Pinball Expo, much to the surprise of many. Yes, absolutely. He was was sitting at the back. He wasn't part of the panel or anything like that for the Jersey Jack uh, seminar. But, um, yeah, on the uh, JJP podcast, um, their uh, media guru, um, Ken Cromwell, announced what we had thought was uh, was the case, that uh, the Pat had retired. There was no official announcement put out, um, other than uh, on the podcast, there was no press release or anything like that, or no sort of celebration or commemoration of his career in, in pinball. He might have seen uh, a leaving party or anything like that, but um, Ken did say that um, that Pat could still be back with pinball. He might not be entirely done with with the game. He, he could come come back out of retirement as people yeah. do that. Yes, that's right. So. But for now, officially, Pat has retired. So we wish him a, a long and, and happy retirement. Yeah, and apparently he's building a train set in his backyard. Yes, we don't know what size. Um, no. Guessing it's not a full size, but... Um, well, you never know. I don't know how big his backyard is. <laughs> well, I think it was relatively large, but uh, that's where... Uh, that's where various... Uh, well, I think that's where Jersey Jack Pimble started up, wasn't it? Working uh, yeah, working out of, uh, Jersey, yeah. out of uh, Pat's um, yeah. back, back garden. That, that, that's where, they, uh, where the wizard... Uh, yeah, the wizard of Oz began. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. okay. Well, so, yeah. Well, we finally we, got to play... Toy Story 4. Yes. Didn't we? And um, that wasn't actually at, at uh, the Jersey Attack Pinball Factory, and it wasn't at Pinball Expo either. No, it was at Anterium, 
where the game is uh, basically uh, available for uh, location play. And um, I have to say, it plays like butter. Very smooth shots. Uh, typical pet lawler, I would say. Uh, uh, I remember those smooth shots from Dialed In and uh, Willy Wonka as well. So, uh, very job, very good done, I'd say, uh, by Pat Lawler. Um, I'm not familiar with any of the Toy Story movies. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I can... Because I don't know whether the other movies are maybe better or have suit more uh, suitable call-outs or what have you. I just thought it was um, really fun pinball to uh, to play. So, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I should, should uh, mention that Interium is a sort of a family entertainment centre, at-come restaurant, come bar, come bowling alley. Um, it's a kind of it's a family entertainment centre, I suppose, is, is, is actually the, the, the definition of it. But um, they also have a huge lineup of pinball machines there. They have some extra ones brought in for Pinball Expo. Right. Um, this is prior to the Bumper Blast, which was the Wednesday night welcome yeah. party. Yeah, we, we were there on Monday night. We were there on Monday night, which is the night we arrived. So we were a little bit tired, but um, it was only a short walk from where we were staying. So we, uh, we felt we should, we should come over. And uh, it was a, a very good decision, I think, because we not only oh, yeah. did we get to play Toy Story 4, we also got to meet uh, Ryan McQuaid, um, newly, of American uh, newly at American Pinball, at, yeah. uh, of the uh, Sonic Spinball game. Uh, Scott Denise was there. Um, yeah. As uh, doesn't really need any uh, introduction, and uh, and Mark and Erin Seiden were there. Um, yeah. Mark, of course, and designer at Joe's Jet Pinball now. Yeah, uh, designer. Yeah, so they've they've moved to uh, to the area uh, from the uh, from the northeast of the US, and uh, basically they they were there with uh, with the others, and we were all having a, a good fun time playing playing oh, all yeah, the games. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we got invited uh, to Mark and Aaron's house for the uh, the next evening where they had a league night. And um, I was able to play Mark's uh, Metroid game, uh, which he has up, set up in his uh, basement, uh, which is basically the game that got him hired at Jersey Jack Pinball. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so thank, thank Mark and Aaron for their yeah, we had a great time hosp- there. hospitality. Yeah, but um, getting back to uh, Toy Story 4, yes, I, I, I enjoyed playing it as well. I, I do agree that the upper left-hand corner where that huge great screen is, is a bit of a dead area as far as uh, gameplay goes. And um, I wasn't... Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's used quite well, that screen, but you've also got the 27-inch big LCD in the back box, so do you really need that bigger screen on the play field? And I... As far as your your comment about it, it flowing very smoothly, I agree with that. The the jump ramp, the uh, Duke Nukem um, jump ramp, is very very makeable and very loopable as well. It's um, originally I thought I was going to be a bit like the slam ramp on No Good Gophers and trying to get the hole in one in there, and it's going to be virtually impossible. But no, it, it wasn't at all. It was a nice smooth shot, and the rest of it, uh, yeah, the the orbits and uh, and ramps all, all flowed very nicely. So yeah, I agree with that, and it, and it looks great. I'm moderately familiar with the Toy Story franchise, and the uh, I think I've I certainly have seen Toy Story four uh, some time ago, but I don't think it was that 
that heavily involved with with that particular movie it's it's toy story really it's it's right. seemed for but you know all the characters you know are there and and some of the new ones from uh, from toy story 4 as well i did like the way they uh, they use the the posts uh, either side of the of the jump ramp as well yeah we, which was actually explained to us uh, during the factory tour that we got uh, on on tuesday yeah so they do pop up when uh, when the ramp is um, is active the ramp on this doesn't drop down from from above the playfield. It actually rises up, uh, pivots up, I should say, from the from the playfield to create a ramp. It was a, a flap before, and then it, uh, we had a, had a good look at that mechanism, which is also a very impressive uh, piece of design. But uh, the, 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 there are two pop-up posts either side, which can be which are used together when the ramp is up, but can also be used individually uh, yeah, to block shots um, on the playfield during other modes. Yes. So it's intelligent. Uh, later on in the game, that was explained to us by Eric, uh, who explained that uh, the posts will be, uh, are can be controlled individually. Yes, that's uh, right. Yeah, and and oh, I actually saw that in myself when I was playing it that uh, the post would, would pop up and uh, and inhibit your your making of one of the shots. So uh, yeah, and uh, when the, when they're when they're used with the ramp, it, it's basically designed to make sure that only shots which are vaguely on target to the ramp. Go go up there, and and you don't end up shooting the ball in all directions, smashing plastics, and basically sending the ball anywhere at all. It's, it guides guides you to make the shot that um, that you need to make. So that was good. So, so yeah. uh, anyway, we, we did mention about the the factory tour, uh, which yeah. you went on. I, I was busy back in the hotel setting up for the seminars. With your help, detail about uh, what what you went through. No, I don't. I'd rather not relive all the heartache okay. and uh, sleepless nights that I had to try. I was and, going to say, I think Martin slept like five hours in three nights. <laughs> it's something like that. The first night, I'll, I'll just briefly say when we finished at the. Uh, at the Enterium. Um, no, it was when we came back from um, Mark, and, Mark Aaron. and Aaron's place. That's right, yeah. Um, we needed to set up, or I needed to set up the laptop and all the cameras and, and digitizers and stuff that I got for the seminars, which were starting the next day. And, um, oh no, so when we came back from Enterium, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. from the Bromper yeah. Blast party. That's right. Wednesday, Wednesday yeah, Wednesday night. night. Yeah, so uh, we came back and it was like 11 o'clock at night. I was trying to get all this set up and none of it was working. And you could basically get one camera to work and that was about all that, that could ever get to work at one time. So by about, I don't know, about one o'clock in the morning and having to be back, be in the seminar room by seven the next morning, um, I just sort of... Uh, Said, oh, no, blow it. Let's, let's sort it out in the morning. And uh, so, had a sleepless night. But anyway, we got into the hotel, in, into the uh, seminar room, and uh, managed to get everything working more or less. So, uh, that wasn't so bad. But uh, I was there doing that and uh, and starting the seminars. And, uh, and you were able to book yourself onto one of the one of the bus rides to the uh, Jersey Jet Pinball Factory yeah. and uh, and have a look and do you want to give us a little, little summary of, of what was what was going on there? Yeah, sure. Um, I didn't take the tour uh, because I already had the tour. I, mm -hmm. I, I used that time to take pictures of other people taking the tour. Uh, they had very comfortable uh, 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 bus coaches or whatever you call them, uh, comfortable uh, transport to the factory. Luxury uh, coach, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the only problem was there was only one bus uh, going at the time and one bus com coming back, uh, which meant that uh, people 
had to line up for registration to go on a tour and then they were basically told a time slot like okay you're, you're in the in my case 1115 uh, bus taking mm-hmm. off to the uh, uh, the factory which eventually turned out to be 1140 so there was already a delay in that um, and I think there were people uh, uh, still heading out with buses to the factory after one o'clock um, if you're expecting to go on a factory tour at 9am and then it turns out to be one o'clock, first of all it messes up your entire day mm. um but Jersey Jack took note. Uh, they took note of that, uh, so they should have more buses available and uh, also smoother registration, so that people can uh, can sign up quicker and don't have to wait in line for like I don't know half an hour or more to uh, to be told that uh, they're on a bus five hours later. Yeah, it's the sort so, of thing which you could do online very easily, couldn't you? Yeah, for example, yeah. Um, and, um, well, the factory tours themselves uh, went uh, rather uh, rather smooth. Um, I saw, uh, I think, in each bus, uh, each bus was divided into three groups, which then toured the, uh, the factory. I think we got a more in-depth tour than uh, uh, the people from, from uh, the Pinball Expo factory tour. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, uh, Jersey Jack had uh, uh, arranged uh, the, the tour in such a way they have two lines. Um, one of them was uh, on purpose not in use, so that mm-hmm. people could take a look how the, the process normally uh, how it works and, and w- which parts are added to a playfield and so on. While the uh, the other line was in use, so they continued uh, building games and. Uh, it looked very, uh, very efficient, I should say. Um, but when we were there, they were putting the sort of red tape down to guide people around the factory. Was that was that uh, was that used? As far as you saw, because you didn't obviously take to it. But um, can't remember. I, th- I I I do recall that um, I think they were intending a couple of things. Uh, to uh, uh, to do with the factory tour, um, also to have uh, um, uh, flyers handed out to people and mm-hmm. um, and so on. Not everything uh, uh, worked out the way they uh, envisioned. I would say. Uh, I think it was also the plan that they would have uh, promotional plastics for Toy Story Four at the booth, and uh, those apparently didn't show up or. Uh, someone forgot a box, I don't know. Um, yeah, it just didn't happen then. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so uh, I think there's a, a, a couple of uh, um, a learning curve moments for uh, for Jersey Jack. Ob- obviously, this was the first time they had a factory tour of this large scale uh, uh, coming over. Sure, and, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, they will work things out and it will be a lot smoother next year. And they had, um, what, Jack was there, Steve Ritchie was there, Mark yeah, Jen, was there. Jen Guarnieri was also uh, present, okay. yes. Well, was uh, Eric there? Because I, I haven't seen any pictures of him, but uh, maybe uh, there's one of the tours. I think Eric was uh, doing one of the tours, right. indeed. And, um, yeah, so on the tour that I was on, uh, interestingly, uh, there was a, uh, well, we had Steve Ritchie and Jack Guarnieri signing uh, flyers separately, so one flyer had a, a, a stack of flyers had the autograph of Steve Ritchie, others had the the, the autograph of uh, Jack Warnieri. 
you think they would pass them along so you have all <laughs> autographs on, on the same flyer, but that wasn't the case, so that, that could need some streamlining. And in the end, I don't think people got these flyers, at least not on the tour that I was on. So oh, okay. so people see Steve Ritchie signing these flyers, and they, they, then they don't get one. And these flyers, they were a reprint of the Replay magazine front cover. Is yes, that right? Indeed. Which, yes. uh, which this the, that issue of Replay magazine had a story, all of, a cover story, all about Toy Story Four and uh, and uh, Jersey Jack Pimple. I yes, guess. yes, they, uh, it did. And um, uh, like you said, they uh, printed flyers of that cover as well. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a copy of the magazine, and uh, um, yeah, well, it's a, it's it's an interesting article and. Uh, Okay, um, well, apparently, I, th- I think over 400 people went on this tour, so yeah. uh, if they were going on a bus at a time, I guess that's probably, what, say, 40 people on a bus? No, I probably think like uh, 56 or so. Oh, okay, right. So then they were looking at, um, what, about eight, eight or, yeah, eight bus, eight tour yeah, something groups, like that. Yes. Yes. eight bus loads at a time, so, uh, yeah. Okay, so it was quite, a, quite an undertaking. And uh, and thanks to uh, Jersey Jack Pinball for, for, for doing that. Um, I think it's worth noting, what it, I don't think it was actually part of Pinball Expo specifically, was it? You didn't have to have signed up to, or uh, bought a ticket for Pinball Expo to be on the tour. No, but you had to register, you had to register. At, at, yeah. at, at Pinball Expo, so yeah. you had at least to go there. Yeah, to be uh, at but, the but, uh, convention. But that the registration was outside of the, uh, the vendor hall or the show floor, so you didn't have to be a participant of Pinball Expo to go on the tour. Good. Well, again, uh, thank, thanks to the company for doing that, and um, obviously it's, it's quite disruptive to their manufacturing. As you, as you said, they had to close down one of their production lines in order to uh, to use it as a demonstration tool for the part of the tour. So right. uh, that that would have impacted on the on the company. So, but yeah. but uh, nice to nice to uh, to see that taking place, and uh, yeah. and for a lot of people to be there their first, and, and for for others, their one and only chance to look yeah. around uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. And in case you missed it, uh, do check out the uh, the coverage on on uh, both Martin and my website, uh, pinball-magazine.com and uh, pinballnews.com, uh, where, uh, well, we both took pictures of uh, the private tour that we got uh, prior to Expo. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so uh, you'll, you'll see a slightly different and um, maybe a little more, more leisurely. Uh, view of, uh, of the factory but uh, at, at that time they were certainly getting ready for the tour so they, they had already shut down one of the production lines and were, were getting their, their exhibits ready on the other one for so so people could see the state of the, the play field at various stages but right, uh, so. yeah so and, and uh, as you said a big thanks to uh, Eric for, uh, for showing us around yeah oh and uh, while we're uh, uh, thanking people um, we should also thank Steve Ritchie for inviting us for lunch after our factory tour absolutely and uh, and um, unfortunately we were, we were not able to uh, to join him again the, the next evening for uh, at, at his house which uh, yeah, which, so, which, which he understood really because he, he realises it's Pinball Expo and uh, yeah uh, it's all a happens. bit crazy at uh, yeah. that time but uh, yeah, okay. So that's um, I think that's pretty much wraps up Jersey Jack Pinball for this month. So yeah. um, they weren't showing a new game; they were showing their, their latest game. But uh, we've already already seen one new game, and that was from uh, from Stern with their uh, James Bond 007. But uh, there was another new game, which uh, yeah. 
well, not new as such, but it was being shown in public for the first time. Yeah, so which is rather interesting because actually you played that of you you've seen that game over a year ago. Mm, yes, uh, making its debut at a, a Queen pop-up store. Yes, in so London. That, that's that's um, let's just say this is Pimble Brothers um, with their their Queen game, which um, has been was announced uh, several months ago and um, was due to make its premiere at the super awesome Pimble. Um, Tailgate party. Tailgate party, that's the word, yes. Tailgate party um, at, um, at Cointaker, but um, didn't. But it did turn up at uh, Pimble at, uh, Brothers stand in Pimble Expo, where they yes. had two machines there. Yeah, initially one. Uh, yeah. Uh, other games were still in customs, uh, but they, were, they managed to get a second game out on the floor, I think, uh, the second day of Expo. Um, so they had a, uh, the standard model and the Rhapsody uh, edition as well, which uh, in terms of gameplay don't differ that much. It's just the uh, uh, the art package yes, that is uh, it's more cosmetic. I think yeah, the yes. changes. Yes. Um, so uh, we we mentioned what what you thought about um, James Bond. What was your what was your opinion of uh, of Queen then, having played it for the first time? Um, Actually, the fa- previous I, comments are about Toy Story 4. But, uh, interestingly, yeah. I think you have an entirely different opinion than I do <laughs> on this game. Um, I found it... Uh, uh, it plays very smooth, but it was difficult to control the ball. Uh, there's a number of uh, lit-up stand-up targets which are rather close to the flipper that, that bounce the ball back so quick that it's really difficult to... Uh, uh, to get long ball times I think uh, uh, these games were set up for uh, two balls per game and you couldn't do multiple player games um, so I think you were I was done under a minute I think yeah I, I'm, I'm the same I, I actually walked away I played about I think I played about three games on it and walked away and thinking well I didn't get much fun out of that because uh, everything was all over so quickly, or I just uh, I shoot a stand-up target and bang, the ball will be gone. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I didn't get a chance to save that. That was straight out. I mean, obviously they would be set up tough because they don't want people playing long ball times on them. Right. But it seemed so. to be overly difficult. And um, I there was good and there was good and bad. Okay, about about that. I think the display looked pretty good. I think. Yes. Uh, the, the animations, the, um, the the videos they had of the live performances looked looked very sharp and bright and clear and uh, and seemed very in keeping. And the, and the the graphics which they created themselves looked quite good. I wouldn't say they were brilliant. I thought there was there were times when there was an awful lot of text on the screen. You're trying to read it to work out what was going on because when you first launched, when you first start the game, you've got this kind of um, rotary selector where you pick the song that you yeah. want to play but there's, there's text written all the way around it there's text um, at the top there's text at the top of the screen uh, and you, you kind of need to spend about 30 seconds reading it all to work out what it is you're meant to do which um, I think is, is something that needs to be more intuitive uh, so anyway, you pick a song and um, then there are certain things lit that wasn't entirely clear why those things were lit for that song but uh, maybe that would become more clear later yeah, so what I understood is, um, uh, having talked to, uh, to to various uh, uh, Pimble brothers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I would say, um, 
I, I got the feeling that they are still trying to figure out the best direction for the code on this game. It's very early coders. They kept telling me more code is coming and the game will improve heavily, um, which I can understand. And that's all. Uh, everybody, every, every manufacturer mm. is doing that yes. uh, these days. Um, but in this case, I had the idea, or I got the feeling that uh, the vision for the game. Uh, uh, the designer has a vision, but uh, and now they're looking uh, how people are giving them feedback on having played the game, whether the vision that they currently went in or the direction they went in is the right one, or maybe they should change it. What I found rather, um, well, I'm not sure disappointing is the right word, but let's say you pick Radio Gaga as a, as a song to play. Okay, so you start playing the song. You have to make certain shots, or you start you, you play the game, um, and uh, once you drain uh, a ball, uh, basically you have to pick another song. You can't finish the mode. So um, I'm not sure how you can really progress in that game. Um, I wouldn't mind continuing in that song mode mm. uh, until I reach the objective that that you should reach, uh, which actually, uh, because the game ball times are so short, would give you, uh, make you play it a lot more, because every song has different objectives, uh, I yeah. assume. So. Well, that's, um, that kind of ties in with one of the things which I, I felt about the game, was when I walk up to any new game, I'm asking the question, okay, who am I? What's my role in this game? What am I trying to achieve, and why? Okay, and I didn't get that any answers to that when I first. I, I, I pick a song and some shots of it. Right? Why? Okay. What's what's the overall objective? Now, who am I? Am I a member of the band? Am I trying to be a member of the band? Am I a fan? Am I? What's my involvement with Queen at this point? And I yeah. couldn't get any sort of involvement, emotional attachment to it. It's like, okay, well, we've lit we've lit a bunch of shots. I don't know why those shots are there as opposed to any others. I don't know what they represent or anything. There were some things in the... Obviously, there's Wembley Stadium, the old Wembley Stadium model. So that's lit for some things for, for a multi-ball feature, and that's yeah. fine. Uh, I have some comments about that as well. The actual mode so. itself, uh, when you start a song, I don't know why I... You know, other than being able to change the song and have different shots lit, ones which are more to my liking... Um, I didn't see any any particular reason to pick any any specific song. It was interesting, though, that um, it, it doesn't explain this to you in any way, but, uh, well, in, in any obvious way. But I did notice that uh, right at the very top of the screen, it, uh, it um, I think, uh, I forget which song it was, maybe it was Radio Gaga, um, it said, double flip on the beats for extra points or extra features. Right. I thought, oh. Okay, so you're right. I'm meant to be double flipping with the music, am I? If I can hear the music, that right. is. Okay, uh, that uh, that wasn't an obvious feature, but once you start reading the screen, then there's more information there. So there are things in there which which um, are potentially very interesting, but I don't think it's something they should do on every song. Uh, there should be certain ones or certain times of songs where you where you should do that. Uh, right. So, well, I think uh, uh, you mentioned the word potentially. I think this is a game that has a lot of potential. Um, but it will come down to the code. And uh, other than, besides the code, I did um, express 
a couple of suggestions uh, in terms of hardware. I mean, um, I, I, I know I've known Daniel Jensen of Pinball Brothers for quite some years now, and uh, uh, other. I was very delighted to meet other people uh, uh, of the team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the playfield layout, of course, you have the the red special guitar in the upper right corner, yeah, which is blocking that. blocking a lot of your view in that uh, area. Um, it's as a mini playfield. It's a rather difficult one because I don't think I've seen anybody managed to shoot the, the captive ball on the guitar neck uh, because basically you lose your ball way before you can even aim to make a, a, a good shot at that. Um, and then there's a, a metal center ramp which basically looks uh, very dark like, like a, a black vertical uh, bar in the middle of the play field. Um, I think the game uh, or the, the look of the playfield will improve a lot if they change that to a plastic ramp uh, which you can see through or a wire form so that you at least have a little bit more visual contact with the ball if it goes under that ramp. And uh, and you mentioned that, that Wembley Stadium sculpts mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the back. It's mounted against the back panel. And I understand that um, it will become rather... Uh, important later on in the game and I'm like why is uh, I understand that Queen performed there but Wembley Stadium itself has has nothing to do with Queen well uh, I, I would argue that um, it's some it's the uh, home of some of their iconic concerts oh, and yeah. also of course the, the Live Aid event yes. which, oh, yeah. uh, which well, they are very no, well remembered for I get that but um I was just looking at that sculpt and I'm like, okay, I don't see why it's there. I mean, uh, they could reduce it in size, in in, in depth, for at least half of it, so it doesn't uh, come forward that much. But they could also completely leave it out and I wouldn't miss it. Actually, it would probably clear up uh, the the upper left corner of of the back panel a little bit and... Um, um, maybe, but we're in danger of getting into, uh, you know, the Spinal Tap Stonehenge um, debacle, aren't we, where you have a tiny little model of uh, Wembley Stadium there, right. rather than being a much, much more imposing and impressive feature. Um, okay, so... Uh, I, I think where it is at the moment looks right. It probably needs better lighting effects on it. It needs, needs like, spotlights and things pointing at it to, to really, really highlight it. And the same with the, with the ramp. I think that you're talking about the stainless steel center ramp. Yeah, it goes up into into darkness. So you can't really see what's going on back there. It almost needs, you know, lights up the side of it that uh, sort of strobe to, to guide you up it. Right. So, um, uh, but I don't want to. Like I said, the game has a lot of potential, and I have to give credit to Pinball Brothers for uh, um, the way they designed the uh, the other side of the playfield with oh the, yeah uh, PCB absolutely. boards. Um, uh, they they have these grey PCB boards under the uh, uh, under the playfield, which are screwed right onto the wood. No washes in between because of the uh, inductive switches that they are using uh, on some cases. But it really looks very very neat. Yeah, well, I will so, just give a blatant plug and say, if you have a look at the Pinball News article, you will see a picture of the underside of the playfield. You can see for yourself what we're talking about. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it looks very, very uh, uh, nice and tidy, I would say. Um, and um, 
um, well, that's partly also Petrecci gaming, I suppose, in uh, in Italy. That's that's yeah, uh, building the I, game. I, 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 building the game, and I suppose may also be involved in 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 some of the, uh, the PCB board design and what have you. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe I'm mistaken, but still, compliments for the way the game is laid out under the play field. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, heard the stories many, many times about you know, half a mile of wiring under the play field, as what Gary yeah, Stern used to say. Not, not the case uh, in No, there's, there's, about, there's about three or four metres of wiring under the play field on, on the... Yeah. On Queen, so uh, yeah, it looks uh, everything is linked together with with ribbon cables between the multi between the various um, PCBs, and right. uh, as you say, they are they are uh, flush against the playfield, so it looks uh, it's very clean and uh, and impressive. Yeah, congratulations yeah, so. to the the mechanical well and uh, mechanical and electrical design for that game. Yeah. So and still, I think uh, the game has lots of potential. So I hope they get working on code, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that they will. They they should be able to um, uh, turn over some of the people who have been negative about the game uh, so far into uh, uh, enthusiasts. I would say. Well, one thing I well negative about the game, which I'm not sure they're going to be able to change, and I think I've heard this mentioned a good few times, is about the the, the sound callouts by the band. Actually, uh, I have some news on that, or, or at least. Uh, the, Okay. Go on. It may not be news in the sense that it's not been an official announcement, but I understand that there is the intention to record additional voice uh, calls, um, which um, I guy suggested, okay, get someone to direct them so they don't sound like it's Sunday morning. Yeah, it was uh, very, very flat and uh, unenthusiastic. But, uh, yeah, well, if they can get them re-recorded... Or, uh, or or replaced, then that would be a, a major step in making the games more exciting, or certainly appear more exciting to the player. But right. uh, anyway, we mentioned that before, and uh, we don't need to go over it again, especially if it's going to change. So, good news. Uh, I don't think we have any other news from Pinball Brothers, do we? No, I think that's it for now. Um, yeah, let's move on to uh, American Pinball. Okay. Where we, uh, well, well, we were lucky enough to get a factory tour over there. And um, uh, I will uh, have an article on that on the uh, Pinball Magazine website. You also have an article on that yeah. on your uh, yeah, I've Pinball got, News got, website. Yeah. Got all the pictures uh, already done, and just going to put a few words to it, and it'll be uh, to be published later today. Right. Okay. Good. Um, and while we were doing that tour, uh, we got a chance to talk to a veteran pinball uh, playfield designer Dennis Nordman, who is also. Uh, the cover story in Pinball Magazine number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very nice to see Dennis again, and um, uh, certainly was. Well, he's back in his element uh, designing games. Oh yeah, and he's the, loving yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, well, he's f- finally uh, he's hoping to see uh, his games uh, get into production again because, the, uh, as he as he told me, I think the past five years he's worked for several companies and none of the games that he designed were actually uh, produced no I know it must be a bit dispiriting yeah so uh, uh, so we're looking uh, forward to see a, a Dennis Nordman pinball design come out uh, from American Pinball um, 
we talked about lots and lots <laughs> of details that we can't go into so um, sorry about that A- NDA and so on you know what it's like um, but it was great talking to Dennis and uh, his upcoming games um, yeah so, I yeah. can uh, I know something which I haven't told you and which I can tell oh. you now because um, I went back to American Pinball Ooh. on uh, the Tuesday after Pinball Expo Right. In order to uh, to pick up some some goodies for our quiz that we're going to be doing uh, the Dutch Pimple Open, um, which we'll that get later. back to later on. Yep. Yes. Um, while I was there, I got a chance to go into the design room, Ooh. and um, and play Dennis's game. Uh, <laughs> well, it's up. And now you're going to spell all the details, are you? No, I'm not going to say anything about it. And I also got to play another game, which I also can't talk about. But uh, I can say that um, having flipped Dennis's game, it, it's a hugely enjoyable game. So I think uh, American people are onto a winner with that one. If it plays anything as nicely as, as the uh, Whitewood that I got to try. So uh, right. other than that, I can't really say anything else. But uh, I have to say that um, it's on its way. Okay, well, teaser, teaser. <laughs> um, so... Okay. Any idea when uh, when we uh, when when the rest of the world might see that game? I believe um, this is only speculation that we may well see two games from American Pinball next year. One one around one around uh, Texas Pinball Festival time and one around Pinball Expo time. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. That's uh, so, uh, that's that's the that's the hope I believe. I, you know, obviously, timeline slip well, as we've seen well, many supply times. chain uh, issues. Exactly. And, and what have, yeah. yeah. So and no guarantee, but that's that's what they're shooting for at the moment, as I understand. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, yeah. Let's talk about, can, about what they did well, announce at, uh, yeah. at Pinball. Well, they, they, they brought. I think like 12 games to uh, Pinball Expo uh, Legend of Wahala um, Hot Wheels uh, Hot Wheels uh, Oktoberfest yeah. and, uh, and Houdini was there yeah. yeah all four titles were there um, they did have uh, flyers for uh, Legend of Wahala finally I would say because I think that game has been out for like over six months and um, so far we didn't have any flyers up to Two weeks ago. So, are, um, are the flyers are they for they for the classic edition, which was uh, announced this month? Uh, actually, I have no idea. I under, I understood originally at the Texas Pinball Festival show that the, the the goal was to do a flyer for two different models, and they wanted to wait until the classic one was available so they could include it. Um, and I must admit, I haven't looked at the flyer that well to know which model it is for. Right, okay, well, we're on that subject. Um, this month, uh, October, the American Pinball did announce the uh, release of their, their classic edition of Legends of Valhalla. Which is the cheapest model. <clears throat> it is. It's a, it's a kind of a cost-reduced model because some of those custom molds that they use in those games are, are hugely expensive for what they are. You know, it can easily cost you know, $60, 70 $80 for a, for a single molded piece. Uh, and if, if they can replace that with a, a similar-looking plastic piece, which costs uh, $1 or something, then that's more money they can either put into the game elsewhere or, or reduce the cost of the game. Yeah. So that's something which I think they're going to be doing going forward. 
with all their models, I think you might might be finding things like um, Houdini, for instance, will have a, a classic edition coming up. Well, one of one of the uh, things I found uh, rather remarkable during our uh, factory tour at American Pinball, um, the um, the barrel, the three D mm. barrel that is being used on the uh, Oktoberfest yes. game, is actually three D printed. It is, and then uh, hand painted. Yes. Um, and uh, Ryan McQuaid was actually heavily involved in the 3D printing at uh, American Pinball. Um, so um, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but, uh, well, if it works, it works. Well, it's um, quite a large um, model, isn't it? It's quite a large item. So yes. It probably takes quite a, lot, quite a while to print. But uh, Yeah. Uh, so, so they got a couple of 3D printers... Uh, uh, Printing these um, these barrels and and other uh, items as well. So. Mm. I mean, you mentioned about uh, having legends of Alhalla Flyer available, but uh, we didn't get to see um, Scott or Frank from Riot Pinball at all during the show, did no. we? No. Yeah, the designers of that game. Uh, yeah. I was expecting them to be around at uh, Expo, but um, yeah, I thought um, they might have been at the American Pinball Update seminar as well. Uh, I didn't see them, so. Um, Oh well, I didn't get to see an awful lot, so I, I, I probably don't know whether they were there or not. But uh, I certainly didn't see them anywhere. So uh, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but we didn't see them. And yeah. um, what else were we going to say? Oh yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so one we, we talked about the seminar that American Pinball had their update one, uh, which yeah. uh, had a couple of interesting uh, announcements about it. First of which was that. Uh, Sophia Ryan was inducted into the Pinball Expo Hall of Fame. She's yeah. the uh, senior mechanical designer at yes. American Pinball, and, and we saw her when we were there. We didn't uh, actually get a chance to be introduced uh, at that yes. time, yeah. but she was busy working away on uh, upcoming titles. And yes. the, uh, the second announcement, I suppose, of note was that uh, American Pinball are incorporating the Scorbit system into their software to yeah. track people's scores and achievements. And uh, and uh, to be part of, of leaderboards. So um, at the show, uh, they had uh, Hot Wheels games, which had it installed and, and working already, and had a high score leaderboard running on a big LCD monitor there. Other games are going to have it added to their software in in, in updates. So uh, it's uh, very much as we were saying earlier about sort of coming down to a uh, a stern pinball inside a connected system, and everybody else. Going with Scorbit, which uh, of yeah. Jersey Jack Pinball have also incorporated into their system. Yeah. So uh, wait, to, wait to see whether any other manufacturers decide to uh, to put Scorbit in as well. Um, in the Scorbit um, seminar, which they, they had, they also mentioned that they are now in, including virtual pinballs as well. Um, although they are in, uh, treating virtual versions of games as coming from a different manufacturer than the physical version so if you had a say a, a american pinball hot wheels game and a virtual version of hot wheels games they would not be you wouldn't be comparing the scores on one against the other because there'll be uh, there'll be different machines uh, we treat as hot wheels but from different manufacturers one will be from american one will be from a homebrew right okay so um now we mentioned that we had a, a factory tour at uh, at american pinball uh, one thing um that we haven't commented on yet, uh, but we did notice, uh, as it was hard to miss, um, there were plenty of 
finished uh, uh, play fields mm. laying all over the factory floor and the storage room floor, stockroom floor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, apparently, American Pinball is waiting for cabinets to put these games in. So, I'm um, not sure whether it has to do with the supply chain issue or whether the supplier of cabinets is just um, busy with other uh, orders. Um, but um, plenty of games waiting to be uh, uh, for for cabinets to arrive in order to be able to ship it out. Yes, all the as you say, the playfield was there. All the cabinet art was there. The power supplies, everything else was was waiting to go in them. But really, it was just uh, yeah. They, they they when we were there, they were expecting a delivery of cabinets later in the day. Hopefully, they arrived, and but we don't know how many that was going to be. But there's certainly yeah, that seemed to be the uh, the block on them uh, them shipping more games. Yeah. So, uh, and other than that, the uh, the factory looked uh, very neat and um, impressive. It did. Uh, with two production uh, yeah. lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a rather small area, I'd say a fifth of what Jersey Jack is using, uh, uh, so to speak. Yes. Um, originally, when when we visited the factory before it was uh, it had been refurbished. It was a much larger space than American Pimples. So they were going to set up in the, in the entire area and have up to five production lines in there for, for short runs and for various extras. Um, but since then, uh, Aimtron have taken over half of the building, I think. So they have had less space than was anticipated. But they, even so, they seem to be using it well. And as I said before, it looks uh, very efficient. Very clean. efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So that's. Uh, I think that's about everything for American Pinball. Yeah, well, we might have David Fix come on uh, later, uh, I understood from you. So, yeah, so uh, that, that's, uh, the, that's the aim, and uh, he will be able to talk about uh, the Pinball Expo experience, um, as well as uh, America, what's happening in American Pinball. Yeah, so if you thought it was going to be a less than two hour <laughs> podcast, I hate to disagree. Yeah, we're not even halfway through yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, uh, okay, yeah, so let's get moving. Just 100 people just turned <laughs> off their. <laughs> yep. So, okay. Spooky Pinball. Yes, um, they were at Expo, um, which was uh, yep. nice to see. Yeah. Having uh, uh, previously just, decided uh, not to. Yes, uh, I didn't see Charlie or Katie, uh, no. but uh, Buck was there. Yes, he was. With a couple of other uh, um, uh, people that are part of the Spooky Crew, um, they brought a couple of uh, Halloween uh, games. Not sure they brought Ultraman. Actually, no, they brought, uh, they brought two Ultraman games. And they okay. had a, a, a TNA two point zero. Yeah, there. which is now called the Collector's Edition. Right. Okay. Um, but but that game was at the floor and. Uh, I've seen reports that they also started shipping the first uh, collector's editions of, uh, of of Total Nuclear Annihilation. So, um, so that game is on the line, and uh, that's good news. Um, I was surprised to see the thickness of the uh, the green plastic protectors that are being used on the game, uh, as I think the original run of TNA um, in some cases also had plastic protectors, which were probably a third of the thickness compared to the ones that they use on the uh, collector's edition now. Okay, so maybe that's, that's an upgrade then, perhaps they're getting broken before, and now, now they're uh, more robust. Right. So just so, uh, uh, just checking my photos, yes, there was a, a single Halloween machine, two Ultramans, and a TNA collector's right. edition machine there. 
and and the usual spooky school. Oh yeah, and, and playfields as well were, were available, and uh, yeah, I'd say caps, t-shirts, badges, you name it. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was nice to see uh, to see Buck at the show, and uh, it was so nice I, to see Spooky represented properly this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I did ask him about uh, uh, the the current position of uh, uh, Charlie, uh, his father, and the fa- uh, founding member of uh, of Spooky Pinball. Which um, it appears that uh, it looks like Charlie stepped down. Um, and all he would say is that Charlie is uh, enjoying life. <laughs> Taking a break so, away from pinball. Um, away from the company. Yeah, but maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's not like Buck is uh, replacing Charlie. Uh, there's a lot of people uh, uh, making decisions. So it's not like uh, the, the Sam Stern, Gary Stern situation from uh, 40 years ago. Hmm. Okay, but but it. Uh, but for now, but Charlie, Charlie is still involved, but also enjoying. But wasn't at the show. Uh, no, he was not at the show. Right, as far as we know, not 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 that I've seen. Yeah, not on the spooky stand, anyway. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, we wish him well, and. Uh, oh yeah, we wish everyone well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, did we mention that um, they've hired a new programmer? Not yet. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's mention that they've hired a new programmer then. Oh, um, do you know the name of this new programmer? I believe his name is Matt Kemp, and uh, as I understand it, he'll be working on uh, on the Hall- on enhancing the Halloween and Ultraman code initially, and then right. and then working on uh, future titles. Yeah, uh, uh, that makes me wonder: did another programmer leave? Because obviously, this is this program Matt Kemp will be mm. picking up code that somebody else already developed. Well, that's the thing about uh, announcements of new hirings: you never get to hear about the people who've left, do you? Normally, no. <laughs> In fact, we hardly yeah. even got to hear about Pat Lawler having left. Yeah, I'm not even sure Pat Lawler was that happy with, with his retirement being announced. Perhaps no one's told him he's left. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I what? <laughs> well, if it was on the podcast, it must be true. Okay. Right. Uh, so. so that's I think that's wrap, wraps up Spooky. So let's move on to Chicago Gaming. You also had a, a big stand at uh, Pinball Expo where they had yeah. um, 10 Cactus Canyon machines, um, all different versions, with I think three of them having the interactive toppers on I think yeah. there was the SE Plus, uh, which was the standard edition with the topper, and I think they had an LE one there as well, uh, which was uh, standalone uh, away from the others. Plus, they also had um, a Medieval Madness and a Monster Bash which, uh, remake there as well. Right. So, uh, an impressive looking lineup from Chicago Gaming, and uh, yeah. we were kept asking uh, Ryan if, uh, if there was going to be any announcement about a new title, uh, yeah. and he insisted that there wouldn't be, and he was he was right. So uh, uh, there would be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we were expecting this uh, this this potential Mark Ritchie game, but uh, no, he didn't want to talk about it. He knew he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> All he said, "I'm here with Cactus Canyon," and uh, and he was. Yes, lots of them, and it's a nice lineup, and they were they were busy all uh, all throughout the show. Yeah, understand it. Rather disturbing news, I found it actually to see on Facebook that they are looking for a pinball technician. Oh, I mean, where are you going to find one of those? Well, uh, probably in the Chicago area, I suppose. But I mean, if you're a manufacturer and you're looking for a technician to fix your own games, (laughs) I'm not sure whether that's a good sign or uh, or a signal that you want to be 
uh, that, that people would get the impression that your games need a technician. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends what the technician's role is. If it is fixing games or uh, or working on developing new ones. But, uh, yeah, uh, a very, very vague uh, job description, I'd say there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't suppose I have too much of a problem finding one, but uh, uh, pinball technicians are not as, uh, not as easy found as they used to be, are they? No. Well, it's a dying breed, apparently. Oh. Although, with the pinball gaining in popularity, more people must become technicians in some way. Yeah, well, listening to um, to Mike Benjamin from Enterium talking in his seminar at Pinball Expo, he was saying one of the things that any family entertainment centre or similar that wants to operate pinball definitely needs is a dedicated pinball technician. So maybe it's a, it's a job that's, uh, that's on the rise again and making a comeback. Yeah. So, um, so one of the rumors going around for um, um, uh, Chicago Gaming is uh, it has to do with the uh, Cactus Canyon. Mm -hmm. I think uh, last month we reported that uh, the limited edition games were scheduled to uh, start being delivered in, uh, I think, uh, the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and it has been delayed again by four to six weeks. Um, Right, where, so, where's that news come from? Well, apparently that news is coming from the uh, Game Room guys, who are a distributor for uh, for Chicago Gaming, so uh, I'm, they must have been informed that this could either be uh, related to their order, or it could be just a general uh, situation. Sounds like supply chain uh, issues to me, but uh, you never know. The problem is, if you can't get one part, mm. you can't get... Uh, you can't you can't finish the game so yeah as often says the most important part of the game is the one you can't get yeah and uh, I'm not sure whether this is topper related or game related obviously they had games at the at the show floor but if these games are supposed to come with a topper and you can't finish the topper then what are you going to do well I could always ship that later I suppose if uh, if that, yeah, that's an option but uh, but yes um, obviously none of these companies want to want to say that they are suffering badly with supply chain issues and everybody's saying that the, the supply chain delays are improving which I'm sure they are over what they used to be but there's no doubt that uh, companies are still suffering to one degree or another and uh, we're seeing this all over the place and uh, you know, times, uh, it, it could just be that it's a, uh, a handy uh, thing to blame delays on You know, where it could actually be, you know, that maybe the software is not finished or um, they're having some technical issues with the, the manufacturing to then well, be able to say, oh, well, well, we've got supply chain issues. But we have seen in general that supplies are a problem for every manufacturer to some degree or yeah. another. Well, we've just seen it with American pinball cabinets in this case. And um, yeah, well, you know, uh, different companies react in different ways. Companies like Stern. For instance, if they can't get the parts for, I don't know, Jurassic Park, they can go and make something else instead. Can't they? Yeah, the, the, yeah, when you, not, when you got, not everybody has that luxury. No, exactly. No, and that's why we see the, the impact being different across different, yeah. different firms. But uh, anyway, enough speculation and uh, pontificating about, uh, about the potential delay for the uh, limited edition of Cactus Canyon Remake. Um, I think that wraps it up for Chicago Gaming. So let's move on to some some good news um, from, from your side of the water and um, so, some interesting updates coming from Dutch Pimple for the Big Lebowski. 
yeah, they finally, finally released their uh, version 1.00 for uh, for the Big Lebowski, which is a huge update, mm. um, and uh, the, the one that uh, impacts the game uh, in in multiple ways. Um, uh, of course, uh, uh, many were wondering uh, when the Wizard Mode would be um, available. Well. That has now been fully implemented, uh, the Dude Abides Wizard Mode. Um, but uh, uh, they also made the Wizard's goals much more uh, reachable. Uh, they also added uh, bowling ball perks and uh, uh, full uh, bowling scoring and uh, high scores, new bowling challenges. There's a, a multi-ball playfield multiplier which goes up to uh, 5x. That sounds like a, a game changer by itself. Right. And uh, so there's a side character uh, jackpots, more mystery awards divided over three levels, new call-outs, wow. new music, wow. new sounds, new animation and clips. Well, everything I've seen uh, posted about this, uh, people have been, been rhapsodizing about, about what a huge and amazing update it is now it totally changes the game so yeah and it was already congratulations to, to Barry and Kuhn and uh, the whole team at uh, Dutch Pinball yeah and uh, well while we're speaking of uh, Dutch Pinball um, let me quickly uh, bring up the upcoming Dutch Pinball Open which will be held uh, the uh, 11th to the 13th of November in uh, the Dutch Pinball Museum in Rotterdam I know that's three times Dutch pinball in a various capacity. Um, <laughs> so, um, Dutch pinball will be providing prizes for our quiz to win. So, if you want to win Dutch pinball goodies, make sure you're a participant in our So You Think You Know pinball quiz at the Dutch Pinball Open. Sounds great. I must be there. Well, you must certainly <laughs> be there. We're doing this together. Ah, right. Okay. No, I'll definitely have to be there then. Yes. Uh, so we're doing it twice. Is that right? Um, on on Saturday. Yeah. Well, we're probably well, we've been asked to do multiple quizzes, and um, we'll still have to see whether there's going to be two quizzes, or maybe we can even do four, uh, depending on the uh, amount of uh, prizes that we can give away, and we d just do shorter, uh, shorter rounds. You get an answer right here. You win a pillow machine. <laughs> yeah, I realise we might have to actually come up with some questions at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Let's put, let's put that out there, you know, because... Uh, and they have to be different for uh, all, all the quizzes, because some of the people oh, might yeah, sneak well, into more than one. Multiple rounds of uh, quizzes from the past few years that we can use uh, questions from, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Better make sure they're all up to date, though. Um, things change in the pinball world, and, uh, and we're here to report on them. So, um, great news from uh, Dutch Pinball. We look forward to, uh, to playing. Uh, version 1.0 of the Big Lebowski at, at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo, and um, and also and uh, yeah, as you say, thanks for the prizes in advance for uh, for our quiz. So uh, anyway, um, Dutch Pinball, of course, uh, use the uh, multimorphic um, P3 system for their uh, for their game. So uh, let's go and talk about what's happening at Multimorphic. 
Oh, what, what, a, what a bridge that was. Hey, come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Very subtle. Oh, yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. first of all, congratulations are in order uh, mm. to uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Sterlenberg, the founder of Multimorphic. And um, uh, his uh, girlfriend, wife, I'm not sure what no, it is. Partner. Yeah. yeah, partner. Um, for uh, uh, welcoming their uh, first child, um, uh, Andrew Parker. Parker, Andrew. Um, yes. Um, I think it's. Uh, yeah, we did have it written down, but uh, yeah. I seem to have uh, mangled it somehow in, in our notes. Parker, Parker. Parker, Parker Andrew, Parker, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, so congratulations. Uh, he was born the uh, Wednesday uh, uh, of uh, Pinball Expo, so that explains why Jerry was not at Pinball Expo. No, as, as, uh, I don't think they're actually in, in planning to be there themselves. They were, uh, they were represented by yes. one of their distributors. Um, yes. Which is a, a rather rather strange um, company, but uh, but they are the distributors for um, for Multimorphic, but, and they had some some uh, some P three games, a couple of P three games on their stand. Uh, they were really sort of like a, a camping, I thought, a camping uh, or a touring uh, company. Um, the exact name of which escapes me at the moment, but it was something like Wise Trader or something like that. But they were they yeah they had. Um, Two P3 machines set up, one with uh, Weird Al, and um, the I forget what was on the other one. Um, but they also had some, quite a few of the Playfield modules set up for people to look at, so you could you get uh, a good good view of how these uh, these Playfield modules work. Yeah. So um, yeah, interesting uh, booth, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than um, uh, being pre- represented at Pinball Expo, uh, Multimorphic also sent out a uh, an update, rather uh, lengthy one, I would say, uh, for which we will uh, uh, basically bring you the highlights. Um, they are expanding the team with uh, uh, production uh, workers and so on, uh, but at the same time, uh, the number of orders keep increasing for uh, 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 the games that, uh, to be built, yeah. uh, resulting in the uh, um, uh, the lead times that it still takes twelve to thirteen months before your order will be uh, completed. That's for complete games, which is a stress. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, complete yes. P three machines, not the not the modules. They they still have a lead time, but they're I think they're only in the order of a few months for those. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but but they're still expanding, and they plan on expanding even more, other than uh, family members. And mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, if you have uh, multiple uh, uh, game kits on order, including a Weird L, um, they're planning to get you to do a Weird L ga- uh, game kit first, and then uh, other uh, game kits will be uh, sent over uh, after that. I suppose. Yeah, as soon as they're as soon as they're ready. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, they are also uh, working uh, while they are still building uh, uh, existing titles. Um, they're still working on the development of new titles, and they're looking to release two new full-featured game kits for next year. Yeah. So we got uh, two new uh, two new titles coming up from uh, from. Multimorphic. No, no indication whether those will each have uh, their own unique 
playful modules or they'll they'll reuse existing ones yeah although i'm expecting them to be uh new playful modules um uh, um, instead of uh, uh, new rules or new software for existing ones, but uh, I might be wrong. Yeah, so, well, uh, obviously, already got quite a large number of different playfield modules out. Um, though, I think what they tend to do is to uh, produce their own game and playfield module as a kit, and then rely on third parties to produce new versions of software or new new games to run on existing modules. That seems to be all. Or third party, or um, not sort of like, uh, I don't want to use the word cornerstone, because that's uh, very much associated with Stern, but, you know, um, their their own primary titles always seem to have new modules, um, while um, other people work on uh, on re-theming them. Yes, okay, so, um, oh well. Yes. Uh, good news for, for Multimorphic, they're working on, uh, uh, on, on, on the orders coming in and uh, those are increasing, so uh, a, a healthy company. Yeah, I was saying that, that um, as people um, people get to experience the game more, they're, they're, they're ordering them themselves, so they uh, seem to be, uh, I don't say a victim of their own success, but they are seem to be successful. Put it that way, which is which is great. Right. Okay. So now we get to the part where we have companies that's not that much to uh, to talk about. Yes. So that, let's quickly go through them so we can finally move to our interview with uh, David Fix. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, let's go with uh, the Spinal Tap game that we were talking about before from Homepin, which yes. appeared at the Pin, Pin Fest show in uh, in Australia. Newcastle. In Newcastle, indeed. Um, and since then, it's all gone a bit quiet, but uh, the game has now turned up at the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas, where um, you can go and play it for $1 per game. Wow. Okay. Well, Pinball Hall of Fame always uses uh, uh, that, that, that you have to pay for uh, for the games that you play, so that's not unusual. Absolutely. But uh, the, yeah. the price price varies depending on the, on what title it is, how uh, the older games are uh, like 25 cents. Apart yeah. from some of the newer ones, one uh, dollar and home pin spinal. This is spinal tap game. Is there now? So, uh, right. if, so if you've been so itching you to play, play it, then yeah. Yeah. Now's, now's go to Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. If you're not already there, yeah. So I was surprised. I was surprised the game is in Las Vegas, but it wasn't at Pinball Expo. Mm. Yes, that was a bit surprising. Miss, missed opportunity, uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe so, not. I don't know. Yeah, well. So, uh, no other news from uh, from Homepin other than them uh, posting some pictures about uh, uh, parts for standard targets being manufactured uh, by a third party. And mm. Not that interesting to me. Okay, uh, so let's move on. Um, yeah, Haggis Pinball. Haggis, yes. Um, no news. No. But... No. But... They did have a Fathom Mermaid Edition game at the Pinball Expo floor, and I have to say that game looked really, really good. You know, what? I didn't, I didn't even clock it. I mean, I, I may have noticed there was a beautiful looking Fathom there, but I didn't particularly notice that it was, it was a in, the, uh, in in a fast pinball uh, stand. Ah, right. Okay, I did see it then. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure whether that was theirs or whether that was somebody else's that had, had done a a, a a new version of Fathom. But uh, no, that that that's the uh, the Haggis one, which is actually running on a fast pinball board. Uh-huh. So uh, that explains why it was in their booth. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, but but seriously, game looks uh, amazing. 
Yes, I agree. I mean, I saw it from a distance, and I thought that looked, looked amazing. I, I, I say I didn't get I didn't get a chance to go in and even see what the games were they had there. I just take, took some pictures and some video of it as I was going past, but that's as far as I got. So, uh, so well, well done. It was also also my first time at the Fast Pinball booth to uh, to get a quick play at uh, Funhouse 2.0, uh, which is a kit and it's made available by uh, Pedretti Game mm-hmm. in Italy. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed playing that. So it's a different experience, but uh, it's still fun now. So uh, very good on them. And uh, well, speaking of Pedretti, uh, uh, who are also manufacturing uh, the, the manufacturing party of uh, Pinball Brothers, yep. um, they are um, uh, looking to contribute to our uh, uh, quiz with maybe some uh, some caps and t-shirts and what have you. So uh, if you if you're interested in winning uh, winning some of those, then make sure to attend the Dutch Pinball Open and participate in our uh, so you think you know pinball quiz. Yeah, all free, and uh, we have all uh, all prizes. All prizes have to go, pretty much. So uh, whatever we've got, yeah, we we'll don't want away. to take anything back. No, that's right. So if you want to win it, come along. And anyway, be, be honest, you're in with a very good chance because uh, it's only a 50-50 chance on every single uh, question. Uh, so if you just get a few right in a row, then you probably won a prize. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, of the two of us, you have been uh, the one who has been mostly uh, interested in what's happening with the Deep Root Pinball uh, story. Um, any news on that? Well, I haven't been paying a lot of attention, to be honest, over the last month, because I've been, I been, so, been so busy um, gearing up with for a Pinball Expo trip and getting everything sorted out for that and writing reports that uh, I just had a quick look, and uh, it looks like it's just carrying on and on and on. I didn't see any, any major new developments other than the fact that the bankruptcy lawyers have been applying for legal fees which uh, so far are totaling more than a quarter of a million dollars uh, oh. that's a bankruptcy across all the Deep Root companies not just Deep Root Pinball so um, the, there is some money obviously they uh, there was there was some items sold there was those um, uh, life insurance policies were sold as well I think for around about a million dollars so there is there is money to be to be uh, made from the bankruptcy, uh, but also there was some some weird documents um, posted on Pinside, which uh, I have to thank um, Blueberry Johnson for that. Yeah, and um, saying that there have been payouts to some claimants, uh, which uh, appear to have happened after the bankruptcy was um, announced, which uh, which I think are, they are, the, the bankruptcy lawyers are looking to try and claim back which uh, included one to a, a particular investor who appears to have got back more money than she invested, which must make her pretty much unique in anything to do with, with Deep Root. I think right. everybody lost money except apparently this one investor, so good luck to her. Uh, but uh, investment. Yeah, indeed. But uh, now I think the bankruptcy lawyers are trying to get that, that reversed. Um, other than that, um, I'm going to have to do a bit of catching up now to find out what we've missed over the past couple of weeks but uh, I don't think there's been that much going on and it's uh, it's mostly fairly boring from what I can tell right okay so moving on to uh, Canada Pinball yeah. Adventures yes you've been uh, been doing a bit of research there yeah uh, interestingly enough I uh, well they post uh, their updates on Instagram um, as the only social media it appears um, 
Oddly enough, I couldn't find uh, a lot of older posts that I was uh, expecting to see. Uh, it was rather uh, recent, um, uh, what I could find. Quite a few uh, videos of uh, certain modes and uh, what you have to do uh, in uh, the, the game Pony Factory mm-hmm. uh, to, to achieve those. Um, but, um, well, they did mention that the code for Punny Factory is done and that bug testing has begun. Um, from the videos, what I could see, okay, uh, you see the screen or a play field and a mode starts and I'm sure they were rolling a ball by hand to indicate what shots need to be made. Um, code might be done, but chore- choreography-wise... I think there is a lot to be gained, uh, as it came across to me as rather slow, lots of stop and go, um, speed up the game a little bit, you know, uh, um, but uh, that's up to them. Uh, um, I found it rather disappointing uh, they were not uh, present at Pinball Expo. So yeah, and uh, the, the only thing that might explain why they were not there is that they just announced that Pony Factory, which I think we have been talking about for probably Forever, two years now, seems, yeah, yeah, uh, will be uh, if it's scheduled for release on December first. So um, we might re- uh, get back to that on our uh, next pin cost, although that will be looking back at the month of November, but uh, I'm curious to see whether uh, this will be a a full-on release and whether games will be available uh, to play or to order and and, and what have you. Yeah, and where from? That's as well, that's the other question. If you want want to buy one, where are you going to get it from? Right, so, and, um, well, I I suppose that's all the news uh, from, from... Pinball Adventures for now, but hopefully soon we get to play the game. Well, it is interesting that they seem to have gone back to being uh, being working on Pony Factory. Last time we were, we were discussing why that game seems to have been shelved, and they seem to be uh, giving all the attention to Elements, the, the right, next title. Which is, uh, which is the next title, yeah. really, but um, yeah. Well, Pony Factory is getting well, the love again, so good news. Let's, yeah, uh, let's so. get that uh, release and let's, let's have a look, let's, let's play it. Right, so, okay, and then, um, well, uh, here's a company that we don't mm. talk about that often, uh, they're, they're working on a game, but they're not that uh, visible news-wise, I would say. Okay, so I guess we're talking about Circus Maximus and their, their planned Kingpin project, is that right? That is correct, indeed. Okay, yes. well, you've been talking to James Osselin at... Uh, of, of Circus. Expo. Yeah. yeah, it was very nice to see uh, to see James actually yeah, uh, inform yep. me. Um, I see he sent me an email a week uh, prior to Pinball Expo informing me that uh, Georgiana Cunningham uh, had passed away at the age of uh, eighty two. I'm sorry to hear that, and my condolences to the uh, the Cunningham. I was I was Jean uh, Cunningham's family. wife. Yes, yes, right. indeed. So and. Um, uh, I then ran into uh, to James at at Pinball Expo, um, and we had had a uh, a brief email correspondence a couple of months ago. Um, at some point, we mentioned there was uh, no news on Kingpin, and uh, um, mm. he got a bit upset and was like, "Well, you didn't ask." Uh, that's true. We didn't ask. Uh, we went with what we could find uh, online. Um, as it turned out. 
um, uh, James has been involved in a uh, dirt bike accident a couple of months ago, which has uh, uh, caused him to um, um, heal, I suppose. Um, he mentioned uh, he broke a couple of things in his back. I'm not okay. sure exactly uh, what. Yeah, definitely not good. Mm. So it took him uh, quite a few months uh, to. Uh, recover from that and besides that he's still dealing with uh, uh, court cases uh, regarding uh, the sister of Python Angelo uh, Python has already uh, uh, been gone for a couple of years uh, but his sister is uh, still uh, prosecuting James uh, for uh, uh, whatever reason yeah. and, uh, um, hopefully that will come to an end uh, uh, this month. Uh, at least James is hoping it will be, uh, because so far I think she lost every every court case that she attempted uh, against uh, James. And uh, hopefully this will be the uh, the last one, and then uh, he can leave her behind uh, him. So yes. To speak. Yeah. Move on and then, get the project back on track. Yeah, exactly. So, and, uh, well, uh, it's a good thing that James was in Expo, uh, which is telling me that his, that, that his recovery went uh, rather uh, uh, quickly, I suppose, although it took still took out months of the project. Um, he hopes to get his groove back uh, in the project. It's certainly not a dead project, but he needs to get... Um, uh, into the zone. Yeah, yeah so it needs some impetus yeah. behind it to get it moving again. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens yeah. when these things stall for too long. But uh, so, well, best wishes right. to him, both on his uh, full recovery from uh, his back injury, and also yeah. in uh, in getting back into uh, working on Kingpin because uh, that's that's something we'd, we'd all like to see happen again. I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, there was some other news um, regarding Kingpin and. He mentioned he's still looking for uh, some files, but he might have found someone that actually is in the possession of certain files that he's looking for. And uh, he was able to make a contact at uh, Expo that could connect him to that person. So hopefully that will result in uh, uh, a, uh, a much quicker... Um, uh, what's the word? Resident? Oh, right. of, of where, where, where they left yeah. off. And, mm -hmm. and, and, okay. Uh, moving on. So, anyway, sorry for my pouring. Oh, that's all right. Uh, we, nature, we, yeah. we got the gist. And, um, right, so I think that's that's it for the, uh, the Kingpin project from uh, Circus Maximus. Uh, so, right. um, I think we can pretty much say for any other company that we haven't mentioned, there's been no news. Or at least yes. the news that we were aware of this month. Yeah. Although we did mention Pedretti Gaming. We and did. I completely forgot, forgot to mention there was a code update for Funhouse 2.0, uh, which is now at uh, version uh, 0.99. So that sounds like almost done. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, one of, the, uh, one of the seminars at uh, Pinball Expo, Expo had uh, Mark Silk there, who was uh, the voice of Rudy for that game. And he was, right. he was talking about how he, how he got the gig basically, and uh, the, the various ideas he offered up and what uh, what the, the, the company went with. So, right. uh, okay. yes, you can... That's definitely worth a very entertaining seminar from Mark, so I recommend you watch that if you weren't there in person for it. Right. Now, before we move on to uh, David Fix, uh, there is, a, well, the other news uh, 
that we would like to discuss is the Dutch Pinball Open Expo taking place this month. Uh, special guests will be uh, Eric Meunier and Jean-Paul Lewin of Jersey Jack Pinball. And, um, well, it's not... Uh, I've only asked, and I'm not sure whether it will happen, but uh, there is a possibility that uh, Jack Warnieri might be joining them as well. Ooh. So, yeah. But that all de- all depends on how affordable flights are and, mm. and so on. JJP takeover of uh, the TPO. Yeah. Well, so, why not? Um, well, indeed, why not? I mean, um, Sean Paul is doing a great contribution uh, to Jersey Jack Pimble, so... Uh, yes, and... We Dutch, we have a hand in everything. And uh, John Paul Dewin, another speaker at uh, Pimble Expo, just, uh, talking about the art of uh, JJP. Yeah, and uh, the development of the, uh, the uh, user interface yeah, right. used on the, on, the, on, the, on the games, and... Uh, yeah, he was there with uh, Mark Molitor and... Um, John Yelsey. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, very interesting seminar, I think. So, I think I think um, you know where you can watch it by now. So we'll, yeah, we'll, I think so too. We'll yeah, recap yeah, that. Uh, yeah. So, um, but speaking of watching, mm. um, there is this uh, movie about the, uh, the the Roger Sharp story, so to speak. Pinball, the man who saved the game. Um, uh, that that movie has been uh, played at uh, several film festivals, right? Uh, yeah, so far, in the US, where yeah. it has been uh, uh, very well received. Indeed, it's won several awards, including like, audience choice awards. So, uh, I think they it, it's seen as a very professional and entertaining uh, production. So, uh, congratulations oh. to everybody involved in that, including Mr. Roger Sharp, of course, who is uh, yeah. on. On whose life, or on a section of whose life, the, the movie is based, and um, who is the executive producer, and who also did a seminar at Pinball Expo where he talked about it, and showed a short clip from it, which uh, unfortunately is, is not licensed for uh, reproduction in uh, on YouTube. So, um, which, which, which is too bad, because um, I was really impressed with that clip. Mm, the, the, uh, the, uh, the actual cinematography on it and the, the quality of the production looks oh yeah, top-notch. But, but also the editing, everything is top-notch. And I found it very interesting to see that we see um, Roger Sharp being portrayed by an older actor commenting on young Roger Sharp as he is mm. playing pinball and, and that's sort of how the movie is is uh, put together where old Roger Sharp is explaining certain um, situations from back in the day uh, for the uh, the audience that might not be aware of yeah it's almost, almost a little bit like it kind of reminded me of uh, The Big Lebowski where you've got the old guy sitting at the bar yeah. Uh, giving out pearls of wisdom about uh, about the story that we're we're seeing unfold in front of us. Um, yeah. That that was a reminder for me. But uh, but in this case, it's two different two different versions of the same person, you know, a younger and older version. So right. uh, yeah. Uh, but but seriously, um, I was uh, very impressed with it. And well, you were at the seminar uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, I already I, I indicated I wanted to ask Roger uh, to play the clip. Again, which eventually he did, but someone else beat me to it. Yeah, so you did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't the only one that was very impressed with it and wanted Roger to play it twice. So. No, I think the whole audience wanted to see it again because uh, they, they were certainly uh, certainly yeah. 
liking what they were seeing and looking forward to seeing the the full length uh, movie, which yeah. I you am will lucky. be seeing. <laughs> yeah, you lucky bastard. Yes, uh, this this very Saturday. We're recording this on on Wednesday, and this Saturday, uh, Christina and I will be going to the closing night of the Rain Dance Film Festival in London, and uh, the uh, pinball, the man who saved the game, is the closing film for that. Uh, right, and after it, there will be a Q and A session. Um, which I know at least Roger Sharp will be there I don't know if anybody else is going to be there from the movie and the, uh, the, either the directors or uh, any of the cast members or anything but um, have a chance to, to see Roger again although I spoke to him obviously at, uh, at Expo 2 but right. it be interesting to see what a I'm guessing a, a less pinball focused audience makes of, uh, of the story of, of that, that particular part of his life well we look forward to hearing from you <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'm sure I'll be doing a review of the of the movie. Right. So okay. So um, I suppose we're uh, uh, well. Th- this is uh, a wrap up of the news of last month. Yeah. But we still have David Fix. To we do. We uh, we need to we need to speak Hold about uh, about Pinball Expo and find oh, what's happening. I um, uh, well, you might be familiar with this uh, ringtone. Oh um, no, not I, not now. I have Gary Flower oh. calling in. Uh, well, we've got to speak to David. Okay. We've got to see whether and, he can uh, he can update us on what's been going on uh, post Expo and and American Pinball as well. Oh well, uh, I guess that's more important. Yeah. Um, just... ap- apologies to Gary. Uh, uh, can't take your call right now, um, but uh, I'll I'll call back. As yeah. As I Let's can. see if we can get yeah. get to him uh, after the interview. Right, okay, so. So we are joined now live by uh, David Fix and Rob Burke from uh, Pinball Expo, organisers. Oh, man, you, you two must be absolutely shattered after uh, all the work you put into uh, into Pinball Expo this year. Yeah, and before, before you comment on that, allow me to say congratulations on such a great event. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We had, a, we had a, uh, a lot of fun putting it off. I know my wife especially had incredibly long hours every single night till two in the morning. Yeah, she was always around. Whenever I went into the hall, she was always there organizing things. That's why she likes that candy. It keeps her awake. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, well, let me let me also thank you, Martin, and you, Jonathan, also for all your dedication, your help with the seminars and the audio, Wonderful, and everything. Yes. You guys, you guys did an outstanding job. So, listen, it's just not Good. Rob and I, but it's a whole team of people. And Jonathan and Martin, you both, uh, thank you very much for all your dedication. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. That. It was mostly Martin's work. I only tried to help out where I could, and he wouldn't let me do much. <laughs> but still. It was hugely appreciated um, yes. anyway. But uh, so now now it's all over and uh, well, I assume it's all over. Or does the work of tidying up from this year's show still continue? Um, no, we, we got to tidy it up, but we're still having meetings. We're talking about, you know, good parts of the show that we had, what we're going to be doing next year. Rob's got some great ideas already. He's like, how do we make this show better, right? And we've already mm-hmm. had some good feedback from a lot of people, including you and Jonathan. So, you know, thank you for that. And we're, we, we continue to build, you know. It's, it's, it's a passion you know of love for Rob and I. You know, Martin, the one thing that for me was, um, let's face it, I've been here since day one, so I've seen the show, you know, go in those ups and downs. But, you know, you never like to hear the negative. And there was negative last year, and I think one reason was is people didn't like the cement floors, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I didn't hear a single complaint this year. So I guess like like anything else, people are used to a certain uh, culture and climate of of a, of a show. And this it was it was different because they were they were used to the hotel environment with carpeting everywhere and so forth. But um, uh, what made pleased me the most the fact that we didn't hear that negativity this year. As a matter of fact, I never had so much positive feedback from just about everyone we talked to, uh, including yourselves and, and, and people from all over the world. And th- this was our greatest turnout to date of international attendees. So that's it, something it was amazing. Stressed. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. know what? The, the international guys had a lot of color to the show, and they, they had some very interesting talks, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Oscar to give the talk on the Spanish pinballs, and that was very informative. Yeah, well, they, they covered like fifty uh, percent of the international guests, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> so you're the right. Spanish delegation. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, there the was Jordan. like uh, what twenty five of them. Yes, yeah, a like lot. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost as many as, as you Dutch guys. You know, pinballs international. We've hit, we've hit the international community now, and guess what? Everyone's getting along. Everyone enjoys each other's company. And it's getting, uh, we're bringing the, the continents together in a good way. So it's fun. Right. Absolutely. Now, this was the um, this was the year we, we brought all the free play machines into the same room as <clears throat> as the vendors and into having them all as one single uh, one single hall. Right. That seemed to be very successful for, uh, from my point of view. Well, yeah, very what well. was the feedback you were getting? Very, very well. They hit well, the, the one thing I think I, I, you know, I think that it we came across great. I looked at different aspects of how we could make it better. So next year, that instead of having like two banks of EMs next to each other, we're going to have some solid states and EMs. You know, we're going to we're going to mix it up an awful lot so that you know it draws everybody. You know, right? Good idea. So, but. But for the most part, the show was very well received. Uh, the games mixed in; people loved it. It kept people moving around. It was a hit of the show. I mean, I, I mean, we did a lot of. I've been watching a lot of people's reviews of the show, right? I've been watching mm-hmm. them as their walkthroughs. I saw yours, Martin. Yep. I saw other people's walkthroughs, and it's just like every time I saw people there. All the vendors have gotten back to me, and quite a few of them um, have basically shared that they had constant flow of people. So even though you know it's a big room, you know sixty thousand square is. feet, we kept it pretty hump, uh, hustling, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things which I found on the few times I was able to actually get into the hall was it never ever seemed crowded, whereas. Uh, but back in the Western, it pretty much always seemed crowded in various areas. So what I thought, what I was thought. Well, that, that's great. You know, I have no problem getting on any games uh, or, or at least a game. If I want to, if I want to have a, a game of a pinball or if I want to uh, get to anywhere else in the hall, there's no issue doing that. But I was uh, almost concerned that it was too quiet. How was uh, how are the numbers for you? Well, this, this is our largest attendance today by, by far. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, 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 that hall just swallows people up, I think. Mark, you got to remember one thing. First of all, we had that wall last year, so that wall kind of divided the people. So that well, we wall, weren't there, so we did, we don't know about that wall. We haven't seen yeah. it. Correct. So that wall, that's right. So that wall opened up seventy thousand square feet. So it gets even more interesting. Two years from now, we're op- we're pulling down the third wall. We're going to a hundred. 
We're going to 100,000 square feet. Wow, you're taking over the third hall, eh, as well? Yeah, for the fourth yeah, hall. Well, where, where, where is the gardening show going? Because I need to get my gardening equipment. <laughs> I know. Well, well, I had some of the some of our attendees popped over to the gardening show, and uh, they were just like, "Let's what's going on in this show? And they said they were being... The attendees of our shows were being swarmed by the gardener people because they were like, "There's nobody in this show." So unfortunately, we we drew. You know, people are going to the gardening show. Says, "Oh, there's a pinball show. I'm going to go to that one instead." I think <laughs> it, oh, was, it was very well attended. Very well. You know, guys, you what makes it fun for Dave and I is just the team we put together, and we're all able to connect. We're all able to talk. We're all able to brainstorm. Yep. And it really helps make for a cohesive um, team that allows these shows to get off, you know, with, with little or no hitch. And, and uh, we've been very fortunate. And you guys are, like, like Dave alluded to, you guys are part of that team because um, it, it's integral part, very integral part. Just to uh, just to give people an idea of, of, of exactly the scale of this show, how many people roughly? I mean, it's very difficult to put exact numbers on it. How many people roughly would you say are part of the organising team for Pinball Expo? Oh, the organising team? Yeah, I, I think it's a, over twenty, if not easy more, maybe close to thirty right now. Right, those are, those are the people who who are in the planning stage of, of the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As it gets closer to the show, and more and more pe people are, are incorporated because we the needs increase as we're, we're realizing any shortfalls we have. Plus, you got to imagine, guys. Think about this. You know, we pulled over a hundred games that we brought to the show. You know, from my collection. Mm -hmm. So the amount of manpower just to pull, pull all this stuff down and get it all scrutinized that that was a job in itself. Plus, something we did different this year was we, 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 we had the, those 100 games set up in my uh, soon-to-be museum. So mm -hmm. we would play those games for two and three months just to try to get all the bugs out of them so that when I got to the show, you know, the game had gone through a cycle and, and we hopefully had figured out all the issues and problems we, we, we'd be having. So it wasn't near the issues we had as we had in the past. That's great. I was yeah. going to ask about that because uh, I thought, well, you, you must have quite a lot of these games in storage. So it must must be a huge maintenance job to get them all fixed before pull the show like that. Yeah, so you know, there's so many hours behind the scene. Mm. Yeah. Only the guys that do these shows realize is the hours and hours behind it. Plus, you got to admit, uh, guys, you know, from my perspective, all the seminars that we put together it is bat wall to wall, sixty eight hour well, about sixty hours of seminars, just unbelievable. But we pulled it off. Yeah. We even and had I, Dave Fix one of the seminars. That was <laughs> and then And then you also had Dave Fix run all the way downstairs, grab an award, run all the way back up, and be totally out of breath to give an award out. And everybody's sitting there going, David, take a breath. And oh, like, I remember that. Dying. Dying. Oh, that yeah, was I, I was going to ask you, David, about that, because how is it you're wearing, I was going to say, two hats, but I'm sure it's many more hats than that, in in being an expo organizer and also uh, looking after the American pinball side of things as well. Is is that manageable for you, or do, or do you, you need, need more help? Uh, down, well, we got more help this year. We had, you know, let me call out some helpers here that really help. I mean, we had Michael, Patrick, and Nick. 
Uh, Patrick and Michael are Rob's guys who help organize the free play games to the point that they had them in nice rows. Uh, we had Frank and Jeff, uh, mm-hmm. my guys from New York, who come in normally, and they've helped me in the past. Uh, they helped an awful lot with the vendors and so forth. So that that's a good you know chunk of people that we had there. Um, there's you know you gotta remember Jeff Oler is running around taking video um, oh, hell, of yeah. everybody and and promoting it to death. Um, yeah, there are a few hats that I wear, but you know what? As a team, Rob and I, we've worked together great through the years. So you know this is just the Rob and Dave show. You know it's one of those fun things. Um, and I'm still young enough that if if it needs to me to jump one whole floor, go all the way into the exhibit hall to grab an award for <laughs> a, a uh, and a vendor, and then jump all the way back up the stairs. Uh, I can do that. Uh, my heart doctor might say, "Hey, you might want to slow down on doing this," but you know, right now I can still do it. So, but there are many people that have stepped up over the last couple of years that have absolutely been stellar for helping them. And listen, if it's not Trent and um, Deborah, yeah. And Troy helping out with the tournaments, you know. I mean, yep. like I said, this is a this is not a small team for uh, Expo. This is a, a good team, and these people have put in their heart and soul for bringing this together. And it's many years of long work too, so it, it's 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 a good team. So I'm happy you know, about it. For me personally, some of the highlights were the, were the Wednesday night Ontarium visit. Oh yeah, right, yeah. And and I mean that place was just packed. But there was oh, yeah. food there because people said last year, you know, the food was so-so because we were there right on the concession stand. Well, this year it was down at Ontarium and they had a great variety of food. They had a massive variety of games, not only pinball, but arcade. And they had the bowling alley there. I mean, there was so much energy in that room. It was almost like being, you know, uh, at the Expo Hall. But uh, that, I thought, went very well. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing about Interium, let's just talk about it, guys. This is a location that is up and coming in the Chicago area where they have tournaments every month. In fact, last night they had their tournament right after Expo, and they had over 60 people in this monthly tournament that they have on the first Tuesday of every night. Um, Mike and I are good friends, and, you know, putting putting the bumper blast there was kind of a brainchild of both of us and we kind of just like even sat down going okay this is what we got to do next month this is what we've got to do the next time we want to make the free play area a little bit bigger for the uh, pins that, that are in there so we're going to talk about that but you know he had over 600 people i think that's the biggest bumper blast attendees that we've ever had right rob oh yeah crazy it's crazy big 600 people just and from all over the place gary stern was there having drinks with people i was there having drinks with people you know uh jjp was there so i mean this is this is a location you know that bumper blast just took off and also have that tournament that tournament had over what 100 players just in the tournament alone so that was huge yeah what else is fun for me guys is um seeing all the different manufacturers that were a part of the show this year, uh, including the uh, Pinball Brothers, from Sweden as a guys, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, for them to come all the way out there and, and get a, a, a 20 by 20 booth and fill it up, and I mean, their games were very well received. To see Queen and Alien, these are games you don't see every day, of course. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to see them. Spooky uh, returned to Expo. I hope, yeah. I hope yeah, we they had a good time there. Yeah. And then um, 
American Pinball was their greatest play. By the way, Dave, I can tell you, I, I like how you laid those games. That was kind of cool. Thank you. I had them at an angle, I, like uh, like a uh, you know games of both sides leading to a point. That that was cool. Yeah. Yep. So but, so so allow me to ask uh, both uh, you, Rob and uh, and David, as organizers of this show. Um, obviously, uh, there's a lot going on, and and you have to run from from A to B to C to make sure that everything is running smooth. Do you actually get to enjoy the show as uh, um, uh, during the show? Because I can imagine that you hardly have any time to to play a, a game or anything. That's a great point. Um, I'll go real quick, David, then you go. But go from ahead. my perspective, the team is getting stronger and stronger to the point where actually at least from my perspective I got a few minutes to, to get a breather but um, you know a lot of my time is spent putting fires out like it is with Dave but also when it's not it's just walking around and thanking the vendors for being there so Absolutely. that was that was my fun time and then uh, like you guys are alluding to you don't even know who's there until you until you actually see the booze hey, I didn't know you had this stuff you know that's pretty cool I mean, the one guy that they came this year was a guy named Pinball Wizard mm. out, of, out of Utah. Yeah. And no one really heard about him, but they came and, and uh, they, they couldn't thank me enough. He said, boy, th this was a, a great show for us, but a great awakening to the sides of this pinball community because they had never been to a show. They, they have a, a mail order. Oh, uh, uh, the other Pinball Wizard. Yes, there were yeah. two Pinball Wizards. Yes. Yeah. They have an internet business. Mm. <laughs> They're everything from boards, circuit boards, you name it. And um, they were very, very pleased. So that those are the kind of fun stories I like. That's the personal satisfaction that I right. got. What about you, David? For me, listen, so I, I get personal satisfaction just meeting up with people, you know, introducing, you know, bringing new people into the Pinball Expo experience. Um, I've always enjoyed it. I used to love to sit through all the seminars. I used to do all the seminars with Martin, doing all the mm, TV okay. and audio stuff. Yep. And, and, and listen, Martin, you, you did a stellar job as always. I mean, I love getting comments from people who said, we wish all the shows did the AV like Expo does. You know, oh, and, and, and I'm like, well, there, there's a, there's a hats off to Martin and Jonathan for what they did there. Um, but I also get enjoyment out of just, you know, associating and getting people there and putting out the fires and, and trying to put this together. Listen, yes, I am the executive vice president of American Pinball, but that doesn't mean that I don't help out with the show. So I'll just give you a little side note. Uh, Pinball Brothers contacted Expo. Uh, a week and a half before the show, they were in trouble, um, and they were trying to get things shipped. And they didn't. I said, I said to Daniel directly, I said, "Hey, just ship them to American Pinball directly. I'll receive them. We have better dock hours. We don't going to charge you, and I'll just bring them to the show with my truck, and we'll drop them off in your booth. And 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 guys, we'll just take care of it for you." And I think they were like shocked that another manufacturer would jump through the hoop and help them. But you know, at at the end of the day, we're trying to make the show great, right? So I mean, I helped out uh, JJP in in some spots. We've you know Chicago Gaming, uh, Spooky. We, I mean, we we want to band together uh, for the love of the game, and that's just you know even Jack even put a little something in there that I run around. But even though I work for another manufacturer, I'm still. Expo and want to make sure that this show succeeds. You know, for me also, guys, uh, real briefly, but 
I was excited about the World Cup. It's something I it's always dreamt about doing this World Cup tournament. Absolutely. And we had uh, ten different countries compete. So that to me was a, it was really fun. But the the Americans blew everyone away. <laughs> so I'm hoping people listening to this broadcast will say the Americans will not win. I'll be back. <laughs> guys can come here and, and really show um, the players that uh, America isn't always the top of the top dog and you know I was hoping that someone would, would, would give him some uh, a hard time but um, it was fun it was an international tournament which is what I really wanted and I hope to expand on that <clears throat> Dave I was even thinking about increasing the, the purse to get sure. more people to enter but I, I enjoyed seeing that and I think one other thing I want to talk about uh, it was the uh, Walter Day card giveaway, recognizing some of the superstars in, in this hobby. And I, I think that went over very, very well. And the, the people that got it were very pleased and very happy to see him. Indeed. And, and I have to say, I don't know where Walter found it, but somehow a box of my superstars from 2015 showed up at the show, which I thought was lost forever. I thought they only made like 10 of them and gave them to me. But uh, I had people coming up going, hey, I found this card. I'm like, where did you find that? I mean, they're, they're, they're very rare. But, yeah, thanks to Walter and the rest of the team for, you know, making the superstars and those people who jump through hoops and, uh, you know, are really doing some beautiful things with their games. Hey, Dave. Yes, uh, Martin and Jonathan, I have about five minutes, but I want Dave to mention something now because this is something that he had the brainchild. And I'm going to have him talk about it more so than myself, and that's the homebrew section. Oh, uh, yes. wow. The homebrew section, uh, 15, almost 16 guys, um, unbelievable demand of talent and the people that brought stuff. Not only that, we had fast pinball come in and, uh, you know, it was interesting for me. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember Brian Cox? Oh, yes. The yes. young guy that uh, was designing Jupiter Crush. Jupiter Crush, yeah, Tattoo yeah. Mystique, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Retro Spa. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Seattle, yeah. Seattle area. Yeah. He had been out of it for a little bit, you know, and I had reached out to him when I first started at American. And, uh, you know, I just prompted him a little bit. And uh, he, you know, to see him come back and see the homebrews and what the guys have been doing, it was, it was phenomenal, right? I mean, there's also, I want to explain something. So the, the, the American Dream competition went through. We, we, we had the person... Due to the problems that we received last year under, you know, what happened with the the American, you know, just the, the competition we had with the homebrew, we're mm-hmm. keeping that kind of quiet right now. Who won? That person kind of knows they're going to there. We will announce it when we're ready with that, because we want to make sure that if we're going after the IP or something is there, that that is Captured. We don't want to lose it like we did last year. You know, we want to make sure that we you're putting our money and our time into this. We want to make sure that everybody's excited. But think about it. You had you had Lynn from uh, Massachusetts area uh, with his um, augmented reality with Haunted Cruise. You had Taylor oh, yeah. Patch with that three level going down crazy stuff, right? And you had those those two young men which i have to say were amazing guys with the with the pokemon all mm-hmm. custom wire ramps that they did uh they're young guys i mean they're like 20 22 yeah, i think 
they're they're very young. That was her first show. Uh, then we don't don't forget Jason with the Dukes of Hazard. Yes, people are like well that's a theme. Well, no, not really because that game. The rules have changed. All mm. rules are changed. Yeah, absolutely. Displays are different. Yeah, multi ball. It, it was a multi ball too. Yeah, I mean think yeah. about it. It he won the, the best of show, by the way. Yeah, he best did. homebrew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we well, and we uh, and we can't forget about Elf, who was the second yeah. place runner-up. Uh, I mean, uh, that was an really amazing game too. So. Okay, well, here's my suggestion: there, then, don't stick it all at the back of the hall on the back wall. Bring it out to the front. Put it in the entrance. Let, have a big big display there, so people can see the future of pinball right there as they come in. We could do that. We could actually maybe move it. You know, the only reason we had it in the back of the hall because it's an attraction and everybody seems to wander back there and find it. And I like it because it's right next to the American booth so I can go see and watch people <laughs> and see what everybody's response is. Do your market is. research. Absolutely. Hey, guys, listen. Market research is, you know, what, what do I see with people? I mean, listen. Thank you, Rob Burke. First of all, let's put that out there. Rob Burke, thank you very much for the magic girl. Okay, this was a labor of love between Rob and I, and uh, you know, you know, Rob and I, Rob and I meeting up in Erie, PA, to get him the magic girl so that he could put it in his car and drive home almost an hour with the with the alarm going off because his back door was open. And why, did he, why did he do that? Because he wanted to make sure Magic Girl got to. You know, the to the guys uh, over yeah, there, Eric fun. and Max and the team, and, yep. you know, to get that game fixed up, and not only that, bring it back to Expo. I mean, yeah, that guys, game, think about that. So that, that game was sitting in Chicago. Dave drove from Chicago back to Buffalo. Then I met him in Buffalo, and he put it in my car. I took it from Buffalo to uh, Ohio. Yes. Then I shipped it by air freight from Ohio to Amsterdam. <laughs> Damn. Eric... Eric uh, Bartles was the guy behind yeah. it that, that it. brought that game back to life. He had it for about three weeks, fixed it up, and then Max helped me uh, put this whole thing together, and they shipped it back to the U.S., uh, and then I brought it to Expo. So, wow. All for the spirit of Expo. And let me say something. None of these costs, especially overnight shipping, were cheap. No, no, but no. you got the only working American uh, the, uh, magic girl in America now. At least for now. At, At least for now, now, yes. But you okay. know, one other thing I want to mention, guys. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Martin, you know, probably knows gentleman better than anyone else, but uh, Neil McRae. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So Neil does a, that, the UK show, or he's part of that UK show? Yeah, he runs a UK Open uh, tournament. Yep. So we're, we're talking, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to um, uh, fly the winner of that event to Expo next year. Oh, wow. So it'll, it'll it'll be a, an attraction for, for uh, not only for him, but for also us. So, you know, I'm always trying to think of new ideas and, and fun things to make the show exciting for everybody. And I just hope your audience out there and throughout Europe will, will consider coming to Expo because... Um, whether it be the tour in the factories, I know Dave gave a lot of special VIP tours to people that came to, from overseas, uh, or just meeting people that you've talked about or heard about or Facebooked with or whatever through social um, networking. You get a chance to meet these people, and that that, that is also a lot of fun. You know, Absolutely, yeah. For me, yeah. it was kind of cool to see Gerard come from uh, uh, Gerard. Yeah, is it Gerard from, from the? Uh, 
Dutch Pinball Museum. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think he had a blast too. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, everyone to connect and say, "Oh, I heard about you," and you know, next thing you know, you, you're making international friends. I, I know the guys from the uh, Fargo Pinball Museum, uh, uh, Bill Brooks and Emily Brooks. You know, they mm -hmm. they, they yes. had met they had met Gerard before, and uh, you know, to be, to hook up with him again, it was like, man. Buddy, I miss you. Hey, cuz, I missed you. So I had a great time. Okay, well, I'm aware, aware of a little short of time, so I just wanted to ask you this um, this one question. I mean, you've already mentioned one thing about the, the arrangement of machines, but are there any changes to uh, Pinball Expo for next year that you can give us a little sneak preview of uh, now? Well, one, one of the things, I'll touch on this. Rob and I were talking about this, and maybe we could hear some feedback because I did get some feedback Rob about no carpeting in certain areas yep. but Rob and I talked about this and uh, we were thinking about this what if we had the main aisle that went from the front of the booth the front of the show all the way to the back and then the main aisle around those pods of nice games by in front of Stern and then going all the way back to the other corner what if that was carpeted you know a nice carpeted area mm -hmm. there so you can be on concrete some of the times, but then if you want to just wander over and play games that are on, on carpeting, you can do that. It, it'll give a little bit of a break. That's one thing we were talking about, mixing up the EMs with the solid states. That's another thing we were talking about so that there's a, a draw all over the place. Um, you know, Dave, the, one thing I, the one thing I like about you, Dave, is when you said that the American pinballs will pay for the carpeting, that was my favorite thing. <laughs> And on that note, guys, I gotta leave. It. I knew you were gonna do that. Baby, <laughs> keep talking, guys. Guys, I gotta leave. But thank you for for. Uh, all right, Rob. I'll, we'll wrap it up. But thanks, buddy, for jumping on here and uh, all your help. And thank you, thank you, Robert, and thank you, uh, David, for uh, for giving us I, all the info on uh, this year's Pinball Expo. And congratulations once again on the great show. Not a problem. I actually can stay on for another. I got another five, ten minutes if you guys want to talk about something else. So you know. Uh, we could talk about what's happening in American Pimple, I suppose. Oh, we could talk about that, sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we noticed while, while we were there, um, unfortunately we didn't get to see you at the uh, the factory tour when, when Max showed us around, but uh, but uh, pass our thanks on to Max for uh, for his time. Um, it seemed that you had quite a shortage of cabinets at that point. Has, is that a, an ongoing issue? Is it something which... Um, is no longer an issue. Is it something which other other companies are are, are uh, experiencing too? Well, everybody's got a shortage in something. Right? Yeah. So I mean, my biggest problem is cabinets, and I'm still going through that. And uh, here's the thing: I have it, it in like two divisions, right? I have the playfield line, just keeps pumping out more and more uh, playfields, and we're putting them off to the side. And then as soon as we have the cabinets, we're shoving them into the, we're putting them into the cabinets, going through the um, setups and, and testing them all out and burning them in mm -hmm. and so forth. But the cabinet has been an issue and it, it's still an issue for us. Um, listen, wood is, the wood, the cost of wood is up. The costs of, um, and I, I guess this is kind of for us is that we have a standard on our cabinet which is, it's very well built. Most people who walk in and play an American game and they, sh you know, shove my competitor's game, they go, okay. And then when they give a push on American, they're like, whoa, that's that's got some heft to it. Uh, we, we like our cabinets and, uh, you know, we have them designed a certain way and it's just, <laughs> unfortunately, we want to make sure we continue with that quality. So, 
Right, so you're you're limited in, in who you can get to make them, I suppose, at the moment. Correct, correct, correct. And the wood, and uh, in fact, um, the wood that we normally get our cabinets just recently is it, it was crazy. Um, can't be received right now. Can't get it. Oh, um, so right. we ended up. I ended up uh, signing off on going to a maple cabinet. So right now we're paying for a little bit more on the wood. Uh, but we have an actual nice maple cabinet that we're building together on that, so that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, so we, 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 we went the other way. You know, most manufacturers, some people said, well, why don't we use this kind of material? I'm like, no, I don't want to use that material. It's, it's cheaper. Mm, it's just not cheap right yet. there. I'll pay, I'll pay the few bucks more and get it in maple. You know, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, the manufacturers of the cabinets looked at us like, you you will actually pay the extra bucks for the maple? I'm like, yeah, because it's a better cabinet. You know, it's a better wood. At least until my other cabinet or my other source material can come back, which most people, you know, they, they it's pretty hard to tell the difference between the two materials. But Is, is the shortage of the uh, the previous material due to what's happening in Ukraine? Or, uh, yes. It, it is, right. Yeah, okay. it, 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 it is definitely affected by the war in Ukraine. Hmm. So, but, you know, hey, we, we, we're, we're dealing with the problems, right? I mean, I'm happy to say that, you know, we've had some uh, circuits and um, chip problems. But, you know, we are backed by Aimtron, and Aimtron worked with us, and uh, we, we solved a lot of the chip problems. And we, we have boards. We have everything moving in. I mean, we, you know, there's... Unfortunately, manufacturing a pinball machine is not an easy thing. Manufacturing any arcade game is not an easy thing. I know a lot of people will say, oh, it's it's easy to do. Well, ask the homebrew guys, right? They'll tell you about the sweat and tears and the hours that they put in there. Um, I mean, that's why I liked uh, when I hired Ryan. Uh, Ryan knows what it takes, and when now he's part of the game and the team, he goes, "Yeah, this is this is not easy as as you know even the homebrew. It's got a little challenges here and there. So you know it it, it works out." There's a big difference between making a one-off game and then making something that's manufacturable, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I have to say that I give my hats off to um, American Pinball, the team that we have, because you know, listen, they took the homebrew game. Legends of Valhalla. They started last two years ago in uh, January, right? And in ten months, they were able to take a homebrew to manufacturable, right, and then release it last year in October. And now it's one year since then, and we've been producing it. And now we have the classic model coming out in October, which we showed, mm-hmm. uh, and it was at Expo. A lot of people loved it. Uh, they were like, you know, they thought, well, this is a really nice thing. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles as the deluxe version, but it, it has those. Um, it is still a great playing game for people, and people see where we're going with the company, and they're excited about it. So we didn't see Scott or Frank at the show, were they there? No, Frank uh, had uh, other obligations, and Scott was there the week prior. Uh, Scott is probably one of the world's best ranks big buck hunters. Oh, and, right. uh, Scott was in Chicago the week prior to that. So next year, they definitely will be at Expo. I told him, I said, listen, guys, you're always welcome to Expo. You're always, you can come on down. We will make sure you guys are treated like rock stars. Uh, they are excited about where the game is going and so forth, and they're eagerly, you know, already working on something else. So yeah. we're, we're kind of excited about that. 
uh, fascinating facility you got there. So, thank you. Especially we, uh, uh, understanding that that you're planning to open a third line. Yes, in, third, in such a, a such a small uh, place, so to speak. Well, actually, you, if you saw the, where those boxes were, where we mm. have those, yes. um, that big that's yeah, that's a perfect spot to throw in another line, you know, so we could actually have three lines running. And the idea of, Jonathan, I understand that three lines is kind of like, am I going to have three lines manufacturing all the time? Maybe. But the idea of that is to the point that I can set up a line, let's say I set up line one as uh, Oktoberfest and line two as Legends of Valhalla, right? Mm-hmm. And Oktoberfest is getting close to the end. I could take line three and set up as Hot Wheels. Then, which that means is that all week long, or how long it takes to set up that, I have you know the team set up the line from the stock room and the purchasing and that department, so that when the last Oktoberfest comes off the line, all the workers just go from that line right over to the Hot Wheels and just start manufacturing that. Right. You know, and then they don't, and then we can tear down Oktoberfest put whatever the next line is up for that, and then say Legends of Valhalla is near a lull, we can take them and put them on line three and then have line two break down. And then, you know, we can play back and forth. And the idea is, is we, you know, the orders have been coming in unbelievable. And, you know, I have one thing I want to tell you guys. Like I have many other podcasters say nobody wants Houdini. Nobody wants Oktoberfest. Nobody wants Hot Wheels. Nobody wants LOV. I'm back ordered on all four lines. Okay, all four titles are on back order in in significant amounts. So I'm just supplying all my customers with their games. Uh, they may say that nobody wants them. Well, maybe they're the only ones that don't know of anybody that wants them. But there are people definitely in line that are. Um, wanting games and as you saw that one uh, big um, in the factory tree you saw all those games in the back all 33 of them they all went into a container and got all shipped over to Australia so they're on their way to our, our customers in Australia right now okay. so cool. it's true to say that you, you can't make them fast enough absolutely absolutely and there you have <laughs> it Rob Burke and David Fix uh, from the uh, Pinball Expo uh, team uh, commenting on uh, the uh, just uh, recent Pinball Expo and I, uh, I, I guess that rounds it up for uh, for this episode indeed um, as, as you can uh, hear it's been a very busy time and we hope you've uh, enjoyed our look back on all the events from October 2022 in the Pinball World we will of course be back at the uh, end of November or the start of December looking back at November and the, all the excitement that took place there but until then from uh, from me Martin Ayo I wish you a very good pinball month and from me Jonathan uh, Houston from Pinball Magazine as well and uh, we, we hope to be back uh, like Martin said uh, early next month okay until then from both of us goodbye bye Oh, rats, I forgot to go. Oh, Gary, Gary. Oh, no. Yeah, I gotta go. Oh, well. Next time. Next time, next time. Bye. Bye.